What's up, Maximus? What's up? Two weeks in a row. I know. I know. I really did enjoy you geeking out on the uh, on-road cars last week. I enjoyed it. And you know, when you go into science mode, I usually just blank out and stare at the camera like like this. Yeah, I think it's the big pictures. You know, when I show the pictures, then yes. you can like, yes. then you, uh, you can follow. I'm a visual guy. I am a visual guy and I need that visual aspect. So I greatly appreciate it. But you know what? We're going to geek out some more this week on some of the GT cars that are being raced down there in the land on under in Australia. But before we do that, we have to find that intro. We have to drop it and get cracking because this podcast is all about RC news, uh, questions and geeking out on RC. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Leslie the Great, with co-hosts and guests as they get together <laughs> to chat our scene. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. Hundred bucks right here, hundred dollar throw. Oh no! <laughs> I like this. Yes, 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 indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Two podcasts this week. Two podcasts this week. That's right. You are listening to the second podcast we're dropping this week. And uh, joining me, it is actually ap- episode number 259. So well done. We are here. We had a great episode with uh, Hara. It, it ended up being three and a, almost three and a half hours. So I just kind of put it up as his own podcast. I want to thank you, thank you, say thank you to Ben Panic and Zach Ryan for helping that all happened, and Atsushi Hara for his time. I think he really enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed it. So you guys can check that out. That's episode 268. That would have dropped before this one. Max is back. We're going to tackle your questions this week. We're going to geek out on some RC stuff. And um, yeah, it's good to have Max back. I really enjoyed our podcast last week, Max. So welcome back. Thank you. Uh, it was good. I think like the issue we've had a few times is we have like this two, three-week break normally. And then it ends up being like two and a half hours. Now we had a month break between the two previous podcasts we made. So it went like, what, three hours, four hours? Four hours. So, yeah. So we have to like uh, meet up uh, consistently so it doesn't go too long. <laughs> we have issues. We have issues. I'm convinced that we have issues. Um, all right. But we're back this week. Uh, right, like I said, check out episode 258 with uh, Atsushi Hara. And it was a great chat. Great chat. As well, I really learned a lot about Hara. First time I was talking to him, you know, and he he is, I call him, he is the Asian JQ. But he wins. Yeah, well, he's so, what, two, three, 
Two-time world champion? Three? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. At least one in on-road, one in H-Go. Three-time podium finisher in a row at the H-Go Wilds. So not bad for the... uh, And he's a Star Wars fan. You know, instant bromance right there. Instant bromance. All right. um, But right, this week we're all about questions. We're all about uh, lefties travels. And we are going to geek out on some RC news. But before we do that, we have to say thank you. And I want to say thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. We cannot do this without you guys. Please, guys, remember to hit those like notification buttons and all that good stuff on the YouTube channel. We definitely need that. We were trying to get to 5,000 subs by the end of this year. Don't think it's going to happen. We're just at 5,400 now. I'm sorry, 4,400. So we need 600 subs to get to 5,000. Get Let's get to 5,000 and I'm going to do a giveaway or something. Not sure what I'm going to give away, but I'll give away something. Dude, we have 4,400. We'll easily get to 5,000 at the end of the year. I mean, you are more confident than me. The, it's the, YouTube, like the YouTube thing is like a trickle. One sub her, maybe two subs a week. It, it's it's difficult. It's difficult. No, you here, would think- here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everyone who watches this right now, pause it, click share, share it on your Facebook, and say yeah. go subscribe to this channel. Exactly. Down, that, that's how we go. And well, go to your mom's computer and subscribe. <laughs> but also, what it is is a lot of people still listen to this on the audio side, only audio. Yeah. So there, the numbers there are still very good. Which I would like to say, congratulations, we finally reached five hundred thousand downloads. Which I think is a little bit skewed because Apple iPods has us at way more than that. iTunes, Apple, Apple iPod, Apple, Apple Podcasts have us at way more numbers than that just on Apple Podcasts. But on Podbean and whatever else, we hit 500,000 subs. Now that might subs, uh, views or listens. Now that may sound, may not sound like a lot compared to the bigger scope of YouTube and all that stuff. But what you have to understand is this isn't five uh 25 second videos or five minute or 10 minute videos these are three to four hour to five hour podcasts i think we've done a podcast under an hour that consume a lot of time and we are based on a a very small a very niche of a niche of a niche so i'm i'm super pumped about that because podcast numbers are a little bit different from youtube numbers and viewing numbers like that i, I always like to say it's like youtube is watching the movie the pod listening to a podcast is, is like reading a book, right? The book is yeah. always longer, more detailed. The movie is always a cut down version. So thank you to everybody for that support. If you are listening to us on a audio only platform, and I think we're pretty much on all the audio platforms out there, hit a review, hit the review button. Hit a, I don't know if you can hit like buttons, but leave a review. It really helps us out. And uh, we greatly appreciate that. So with that said, uh, thank you to those guys, to all of you people on, around the world that have made that happen. We greatly appreciate that. We're coming up. We're going to have a Christmas show. I'll probably have a giveaway and all that stuff, all that type of stuff for that. And obviously, we cannot do this without you guys' support. Also, shout out to the patrons of the NNRC. You guys got early release of the Sushi Hara podcast. We really appreciate the members of the YouTube and the NNRC patrons. You guys help out by going the extra mile monetarily, financially. We greatly appreciate that. If you like what we do here at the podcast and you want to help us out a little bit more, get some extra content, get some early content, I just want to help out the podcast. You like what we're doing. There's links for our Patreon and YouTube membership in the written description of this podcast. Also, we can't do this without sponsors and the companies that advertise for that advertise with us. We want to thank all these companies that have advertised with us in 2023. We are looking for, openly looking for uh, any companies that want to be involved. 
with the No Name RC podcast. If you love this platform, if you think what we're doing is great, and you think it's a great place to advertise your RC business or non-RC business, hit me up. We have tiers for everybody. But right now, I would like to say thank you to these companies. They are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Sun Pedal USA, Hot Race, Hot Race Tires, Sidewinder Fuel, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Stacked RC, Donathan RC, got my lead, so I'm going to take some pictures of them shortly. Racecraft USA just saw that they got their race, their uh, their Speedway beanies, I think they're called, back in stock. Uh, shout out to the Florida RC Championships. We're going to talk about that this week. Uh, WRC Danny Paz. Uh, shout out to my boy Gene Strout uh, Jr. and his RC building business. If you need a kit rebuilt or built, hit him up at SJ Racing. Also, shout out to RC Body Armor for all the love they share the podcast. And uh, House of RC, RCGP. And shout out to our drivers, Dave Ronald, Jared Tebow, Robert Battier, Alexander Hagbark, and the main Maddie G. Uh, yeah, man. So thank you to all those companies. You can find links for these companies in the written description. Some have affiliate links. We got a little slice. Some have coupon codes. Some don't have any of that. Uh, if you just, yeah, but we do have links for all of them. Just go there. Uh, if you buy something, say, hey, I heard about this on the No Name RC podcast. If it has a coupon code, check it out. Uh, we have Linktree links. If you, you know, with all our links and if you listen to this on the Instagram. And don't forget, also go to our Instagram as well and our TikTok and follow us there. All righty, Max. Uh, we have a few shout outs. One second. This week, and we have some birthdays, but I want to say happy birthday to one special person who sat. It was actually Jason Rona's birthday this past week, and I saw him. And I didn't even know it was his birthday. And I was so busy. He? He's got to be f- in his 40s, I would say. Yeah, he's definitely for over 40. But I don't know how old he is. He's been, he's been in the game for long. Very long. I remember, I remember seeing those you know, videos of, um, what was it, 2000 something? Early 2000s worlds. Um, where, well, that was the associated, um, first race with associated full drive. BJ4, was it? Mm-hmm. I think he was like heavily involved then. So, you know, I was yeah. watching. So while I was doing the horror podcast, we had videos up, and he was in one like where the 2000 touring car worlds that horror one, and Pavita was like, I don't. Pavita was so pissed off. Pavita looks so different. He's like fat and got her, and Rona looks so young and standing next to him for Trinity Shadow one. But happy birthday to him. He was at the Florida RC Championships. Happy birthday to Donnie's dad, Williams. I'm not sure if it's Donnie's dad's birthday oh it is his birthday he's nice young uh nice family that i've gotten to meet in the southeast shout out to my boy Derek vandermeham it's his birthday it's young marcus carp he turned 16 this weekend two-time european champion uh shout out and happy birthday to gregory bodier uh ari bakala who's down there racing in i believe in the gt worlds james poria happy birthday happy birthday to carlos arenando jr uh, ah, happy birthday to the Kilix father, Abdullah. He, he's younger than me. Yeah. Wow. So I didn't know that. And happy birthday to my buddy down in Costa Rica, Andres Segrea Constienza, Constiana. And I'll shout out to my boy, uh, YG, Ashton, Ashton Abu, Abdul. He went to uh, 21, legal, finally. I'll see him at AMS. He's racing again. So happy birthday to those guys. Really happy to uh, say happy birthday to them. Uh, shout out to everybody that uh, is racing. Uh, I want to say really quick, uh, shout out to everybody at the Florida RC Championships. We are going to touch on that in a little bit, but I had an absolutely great time. We went to the Epic RC Complex. I've been there before, before under the previous owner. It was a gnarly, gnarly track. 
I had fun. I want to say thank you to everybody that came up and showed me some love. I greatly appreciate it. And um, yeah, man, I had a ball. I'm looking forward to the next run. And I, I honestly can't do this without people. There's people's support. So I, 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 greatly, I greatly appreciate that. And um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. We're going to talk about the FRCC and their points and all that stuff and why I believe that a um, series is desperately needed. All right, Max. Um, otherwise, what you've been back in school. So you was up quite late in school last night. Obviously, I've been traveling. Uh, we got, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, we're going to talk, like I said, we're going to talk about that shortly. Uh, what have you been doing besides school? Besides school, um, well, not much. Um, protesting a little, uh, <laughs> being politically active. <laughs> but uh, apart from that, um, not much. Been chilling with my girlfriend. We have had quite a, um, quite a busy last few weeks. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, being politically, politically active and, uh, so on, there's quite a lot of, um, stuff happening, um, in the Finnish political thing, but yeah, probably not the best thing to get involved in, in a podcast. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. We're trying to keep the politics out okay. of this podcast. My, my, uh, headphones. Your yeah, headphones discharged. All right. Now, while you reconnect, I will continue on with what I want to talk about. So, uh, like I said, I've been traveling. I am back on Lefty's Travels next week, Monday. I fly out to Fort Lauderdale to go to the Masters of Dart, which will be held at BTRC. I'm looking forward to that. I believe Danny Paz and I will drive up uh, in the afternoon on Tuesday. So I will see everybody at Masters of Dart. I'm looking forward to this. My first my first really big eight, 10 scale race that I went to last year. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I want to thank Brent and everybody for getting me up there and our uh, pink pinions for life as well. So I will see everybody there and uh, I look forward to it. And then of course we have AMS coming up, you know, a whole bunch of races that I should be attending as well. And if you guys didn't see it, I'll be attending the beast of the East race at the world of RC facility in January. So they have a little waffle going on with that. So go check them out. Help them sell that out. That's going to go to the proceeds to get in. Uh, myself and Danny up there. And we have another waffle coming up as well to help with my upcoming races uh, coming up in November that we're going to do. Uh, Lance has some good stuff to waffle off. We're going to probably do that next week. But go out to the Beast of the East. I look forward. Thank you. I look forward to getting up there to the new facility up there in uh, near Lukama, I think. Or Lukama. I think that's the name. It's up in uh, the north north of north carolina and we will be going to that in the first or second weekend of january so looking forward to that thank you to the, uh, everybody involved in there for for getting danny and i up there all right max do you wanted to say something before we go into our kind of new segment we've been doing it for a while but it's kind of a new segment that i kind of really think is cool and um yeah well not nothing special really um, I don't know if I got attacked by some um, government listening system because as soon as I started talking about that, <laughs> my headphones got fucked and I couldn't. Oh, they it. are watching. Big Brother they is are, watching yeah. you. They yeah. are watching you. But so watch what yeah. you say, Max. Um, watch what yeah. you say. I've been kind of just chilling. So, yeah, nothing, nothing really to add. Yesterday I did some steel structure. Um, calculation 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Try I'm actual stress. I'm going to go into my. I look growth. like I'm paying attention mode. Yeah, yeah. That that type of stuff is like, <laughs> like it's when you read it, it just fucking doesn't make sense. But when you understand it, it's like okay, this kind of makes sense. All right. Well, it's it's like the type of stuff that's fucking insane. No, well, that's what you go into school for. So good stuff. You'll learn. Yeah. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. I, that mean, said, I, figured, I figured it out already. But yeah, well, that's why start, you are the prof- professor of everything. I know, I know. Like <laughs> the thing is, like in the intro, intro, I say the what was it? It's hard not being arrogant when you're always right. Yeah, you know, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of feeling I get. Like sometimes I'm like, hey, maybe I don't know this, and then I'm like, no, I I actually do. So yeah, well, I'm like trying to be. Try, try to be humble in a world like this, you know, where you know everything. It's just such a burden. <laughs> and, they, and for those who don't get my sarcasm, I'm obviously joking. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to go into this n- nice little neat little segment. Uh, we've been doing it, but now I decided to turn it into an actual segment. And this is brought to you by Sidewinder Fuel. Morgan Fuel has been collab- collaborating with one, with the world's top drivers for over 40 years. This has enabled them to test our fuels in many of the most challenging situations and take the development of competition fuels to challenge to the next level. The result has been Sidewinder, the market's most powerful racing fuel. This fuel has been track tested and proven by national and world champions, including Ryan Cavallari, Ryan Mayfield, Greg Degani, Mark Mavides, and their current top driver is the young Little Bump. And many more other drivers have used this over the time, over their time. I think Cody King even used it too. I'm not surprised when I have, he was a world champion with it. These drivers appreciate that Sidewinder is blended perfectly for their high performance needs of competitive racing. Don't let victory slip through your fingers. Purchase Sidewinder today. You can find Sidewinder at, uh, if you haven't, if you can't find it, let me know and I will get you in contact with the people to get you your Sidewinder. All right, Max. So we've been kind of doing this. Uh, every every couple of podcasts, we kind of want to want to present maybe some smaller RC content that's going on, and um, you know we've 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 kind of you know if we did I think we did Roach RC. I remember Roach was telling me that after we talked about his pod, which he's doing doing great stuff with his with his channel, uh, it kind of blew up and he got like six hundred subs. So that's great because that's what we want. He actually has more subs than me now. Uh, so this is a, a channel that I kind of come across my, my, and well done, by the way, to Cade and Roach, uh, Cade, a.k.a. Roach, because he does some good work with his his videos. But, you know, uh, there's so many different genres of RC, and this is one that I'm starting to see. It's always been around, but I'm starting to see it get, get it becoming more popular, and it's RC rally, like actual rally, where you actually follow the cars around uh, and do it. So what I like about this is, one, the cars look real. Like, look at this guy. So Dario is his name. So this channel is called Dario's RC Garage. Right. Dario RC Garage. I'm not sure where this guy is from. He's from somewhere in Europe. But he goes around. He does these videos of going to these different rally competitions. As you can see, they got the track marked out with, like, some type of paint. You actually have to follow the, you know, follow the race around. I like that these look scale. And I think this is a very cool channel because he's participating and he's, you know, he's videoing at the same time and he does some good stuff. And yeah, I just wanted to shed some some highlights on this. We will leave a link for this in the written description of the podcast. I love the scale look of it. It's probably some RC that I need to do because I can actually get exercise and do it at the same time. 
And I just think it's cool, right? I like I love the scale aspect of it. I love that they, you know, they have like these different variants, variants. It's not like off-road per se, you know, but it's like rally, like rally racing. And you're a big fan of rally racing as well. So I think it's really cool. Yeah. Check them out. Dario RC Garage on YouTube. Help that man get to a thousand subs. There's his channel. Let's uh let's fast forward and see if we can see some of the actual racing or driving. There we go. Oh, yeah. and then there's an ad. Well, it's for StreamYard. Uh, there we go. So. StreamYard, exactly what we're using. So here we are. He's <laughs> zooming around. You know, he goes a little wide and all that stuff. So just like Rally, you make a mistake, you go wide. And I, I like, you know, I, I really think it's pretty cool. I love the scale aspect of this. Yeah, and the, the thing about this, like, the reason why I think it's getting bigger and bigger is because Tamiya is, like, actually like have has put quite a bit of effort well i don't know effort but at least they have released quite a lot of cool stuff so they have licensed toyota uh wrc cars they have licensed subaru cars they you know they have the new chassis well i don't know how new is it but they keep updating it as far as i'm i've seen and mm -hmm. i've seen a few of these in finland and it's actually a really nice it's not that expensive it's a solid platform that's easy to upgrade and like the scale look of it is great. So, yeah, I'm yeah. not that, that huge fan of this style of racing per se, but I mean, yeah, I'm all for, you know, having different types of RC for people and for people to enjoy because, you know, everyone can find their own way to enjoy it. Someone's bashing, someone's rallying, someone likes the scale stuff, someone likes crawling, you know, and someone likes boats. Yeah, yeah. Somebody who is on this channel who's talking yeah. really loves boats. Yeah. Um, really loves it. I'm I'm hoping to get to a boat race. But also, he's very he does do setup changes and he tries different things. So there is some there isn't just driving around. There's some skill and and technology that's involved in this. And look at that, he's like gravel. I like that. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And you know what? This can be done anywhere. So that's the good thing yeah, about I, it, right? I actually saw just now on Facebook. I wish I took the link, uh, saved the link for it. But I saw a video on Facebook about, you know, rally cross track. They wasn't following the car that they was driving from a driver's stand, but mm -hmm. they made the track like a full scale rally cross track. So it wasn't like mm -hmm. normal buggy track with jumps and so on. It was more, more of like a scale looking track. And they mm -hmm. drove with these Tamiya cars. And so that looked really cool because when they, filmed it like on the ground level it actually looked very realistic so okay yeah. well that's another option right we can have that yeah. too you know rally cross i think that's cool i i, I love the scale aspect we don't have to have fifty thousand foot triples we just need to have some small little rolling jumps yeah. you know some jumps that send them not too big but i think this is really cool uh i see um i think associate even has some rally cars coming out so i think we're gonna see yeah, more they people already have they yeah already look have at that one. Look at that. That's I a think, Lancia. That looks so awesome. Yeah. They have already, they have also, Tamiya have, uh, have, have the Lancia on, on license. Let me look up that associated one. I'm pretty sure they had some license as well. All right. But the, the key thing here is that there's something for RC for everybody, right? And this guy here, he's very serious about his rally racing. He goes around wherever he goes. He was, I think it was in some. I can't remember which country is in the one I was watching, but he goes, look at that car. It looks cool. It, it's relatable to people. People can look at it and say, that's a car that I can see on the road almost, right? 
and you can make it a scale. It's kind of why, why drifting appeals to me as well is the scale look of it. So kudos to this guy. Don't forget, go to Dario RC Garage. Check him out. And uh, give this man a like and a share. And uh, anybody that's making RC content. So we're trying to highlight these smaller YouTube channels and show them some love as well as we, we go through. Because a lot of these people have showed us love as well. All right, Mac. Oh, did you get it? So here's the here's the uh, associated one. Oh, yeah, that looks really badass. I like that. Ooh, I think I want one. I can see this class growing pretty big. If it isn't bigger, you're muted, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, but these action shots of this, like, it's pretty sweet. I think Wally's doing all this stuff. Yeah, I saw he had it. And it's it's a very simple, you know, it's basically an RTR chassis with a few, <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I want one of these now. Oh, yeah. gosh. I want everything. <laughs> but uh, I, like I said, I think Wally is actually doing all the video and all that stuff for a lot of this stuff now as part of his job at Associated. So that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. He's learning a lot. He's learning a lot. Shout out to Wally. All right, Max. Um, I think we're going to go right into some... Should we do questions first? No, we'll do questions last, right? You'll geek out on that. Uh, let's go to some Invisible Speed and high-tech RC news. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Invisible Speed as well as high-tech RC. Stop scrolling. You want to be Lewis Hamilton? Learn something new with Invisible Speed. You can't do everything at 100% maximum speed. You have to be smooth. I mean, when you drive a real car, if you drive a real car, how do you, do you just... When you get to a 90-degree corner to turn into the parking lot, do you go like that with the steering wheel? Do you like slam on the throttle and the brake? No. You probably turn the wheel smooth and get on the throttle smooth. Same thing with an RC car. If you want to learn more and make your speed visible, stop scrolling. Stop scrolling, Hamilton. He says it so long. Do you want to be like Lewis Hamilton? Hamilton? Hamilton, but uh, go to invisiblespeed.net. We have links for that in the uh, the written description, some affiliate links. We got a little slice of that. We appreciate it. Uh, shout out and thank you to Invisible Speed. If you want to make your speed visible, go and uh, go check this out. And the new book is coming out at the end of the year. Also, I want to say thank you to High Tech RCD. Max is rocking his High Tech 50th anniversary. They're celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. High Tech's getting really active too on their social media. I've been watching them a lot and I got to have a, uh, you know, I got to hang out with them in Las Vegas at the H2GP, but high tech, uh, they have their new, they have a new servo drop in too. I saw that too. I forget yeah. the name uh, with a red heat sink, which looks pretty cool. I'm going to have to cop me some of them. They look really cool. Uh, so high tech, thank you for their support. Like I said, I've been known, I've known about high tech for many years. It was the servers I used back home and I was racing in Bermuda. Never did I think that they would be, uh, a sponsor of the podcast and have become really good friends with them. So I really enjoy my relationship with them. Uh, if you guys want to help out this podcast, help high tech. If you buy some high tech products, they, you know, I just got my new RDX two 1000 charger, which I haven't done yet because I'm trying to do a little video. I was waiting for my leads from Donovan RC. Check them out. Go to high tech where to buy high tech.com slash where to buy. And wherever you buy them from, just say, Hey, I heard about this on a no name RC podcast. If you buy them, and you're going to do a, you buy them and you're going to do a post on Facebook, tag us in it and let them know that you heard about this from the No Name RC podcast. And thank you, High Tech, for all their support. 
All right, Max. So I think we should just go. Should we just go right on to we don't have much silly season news, but hark prior to coming. The funny thing is, I was just talking to David before this happened. But then, uh, you know, did you have you got the link right there, Max? Uh, yeah, I'll get it up. All right. So I was just talking to David this morning and he was correcting me on a few things we said last week. He told me to tell you some things. Max, but I'll tell you in private. He's not mad. He was just like, you can tell Max this. <laughs> I was like, all right. Um, and I was like, so when are you going to announce uh, where you're going to go? And he goes, he gives me that. I'm like, mm, you bastard. I know it's coming soon, but there we go. Uh, it's not an announcement, but world and European champion. I'm fully convinced that Ronald Falk is not going to X-ray now. Yeah, I mean, look at this. Like, no resemblance this is the same. This is the same pose he had on the Mayako release. Um, and then, you know, like, it's it's him, okay? Like, I mean, this not is quite convinced, Not convinced, not convinced. And, like, who else is a world and European champion? David Angor. It's not. Yeah, well, he's not leaving. And then Robert is another one. He's not leaving. That doesn't and look like are, Robert. Yeah. So, like... Who is the European champion and a world champion? There isn't many others. If you think like rolling back the years, like David won 2016, then Battle in 2012, then before him, I don't think there was the European champion. I think Ray. Maybe maybe Gilam Ray is joining X Ray. Is he a European champion? Um yeah, Probably yeah, yeah. He's 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 a European champion. So no, it could but... be it's it's either Gilan Ray or David Ronafalk. And it, it actually cannot be David Ongara because well he's a European champion in 10 scouts. Okay. It exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean it could be, but okay, let's let's um let's just make the um, maybe a little bit of a risky statement that it is gonna be David. I mean, who knows? It could be anyone. Like there's at least three options, which one of them, I don't even know is in, if he's in, even involved in RC anymore. Um, it, let's make the assumption it, it is David. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen to Matrix now? Like with the iron fist of uh, Uriah Hoodie, you know what I'm saying? Like to all his team drives before, even Ty Tessmond, the lifelong pro line, you know? And then he goes on and tries J concept at his second big race with X-Ray, you know, mm -hmm. then like all the Martin Bayer in 2014 world, Savoya running yep. Yep. RB. Yep. Yeah. X-Ray has a history with this. And now we have a clear example where, you know, you it know, could possibly be David Ronald. Like, yeah, but I'm absolutely not convinced it's him just because of the picture. Yeah. It definitely doesn't look like him. It looks much more like, David Ongaro, Gilam Bray. Yeah, insert my sarcasm right there. Um, but we do bring up some good points. We talked about this on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I think another thing we're gonna see some, maybe at some point because I, I I do I did hear this was a problem with Marco was the FX engines having to run them as well. So oh yeah, hundred percent. This I mean this was in my opinion, well not in my opinion from what I heard was the reason why Marco ultimately yeah. left. That's what I heard as well. Um, so, but I mean, seriously, I think it, the writing's on the wall that Rana Falk is probably going to X-ray 
I think uh, I think it's a good move for X-ray as well. They need it, like we talked yeah. before. They need that one eight scale, one ten scale uh, predominant guy. Uh, David also has some crossover to uh, into America as well. I think it's going to be. I think it's kind of what he needs to regain his confidence as well and get back on the horse and 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 get back up to speed of what he he can do. And I told him this morning. I said, "Look, man, I look forward." Even though he didn't confirm. I just said, look, I know what you can do. I know you're one of the fastest guys in the world. And you're still young. I just want to see you. I want to see you, Angaro Kanas, and whoever else can get up there battling again. And I want to see you get back to where you're gonna where you can, you know, where you're comfortable in racing again. Uh with that said, though, this brings up the next speculation in this whole quagmire of silly season. I if if he's going to X-ray, I am probably point. Five percent sure that Gord and Testament are out in America. Yeah, well, I mean, logically, not because of would... not just because of David, but because of I would say lack of results for Ty on the track. Even though he's had some, he's won some races, but I would also say maybe in the lack of building up the X-ray team to what they expected it to be. Yeah, I I somewhat agree, but then again, like I don't think X-ray, like, do they like if they get rid of Testman, like, I who do they have really, like, yeah, like what can they do in America? Because America, let's be honest, it's still the biggest mar- market for RC, especially competitive RC, well, any type of RC really, so. How do you go about it in America? Because before Testman, I mean, yeah, there was Josh Wheeler. There were, you know, a few people here and there, but it never was a true force in America. Testman made it like somewhat. They had Mark Sousa. They had some good results here and there. They have these like somewhat good kids like the mechanic. And um, there was a few on the West Coast as well. But. I mean, if there isn't Tessman, there must be some kind of replacement for him. Who's going to take up the uh, manage manager role and so on? What's going to happen with that? Yeah, you have Kyle Turner and and whatnot. I would, and and then of course, with you know, obviously the Ronafalk and Tessman don't get along, and there's going to be a, a there's going to be a struggle there for who's the number one offer a driver right there. And, well, I mean, what about Bruno and David? There's gonna well, be a struggle for Europe as well, right? Well, I, mean, I think point. I I think we know that Bruno is number one at actually period. Yeah, but is David gonna just accept that out front? Well, I think he's gonna have to earn that role, right? Yeah. Even though he's a world champion and a European champion, he's gonna have to go up there and earn that role. You yeah. know, uh, which I think he'll accept that challenge, right? I, I'll never forget um, at the RCGP. Italy, when he had, David just had a shitty, shitty RCGP. Like, you know, he was just struggling. He wasn't good. He wasn't on pace. He was off pace. Ampus was way fast. Ampus was faster than him, right? Which is fine because Ampus is a good driver. I remember I was just like, ooh, I was, he was washing his tires. And I say, hey, how are you doing? You're right. He goes, he looks at me, he laughs. He smiles. He goes, 2015, I didn't win any races. I went out and won the Worlds in 2016. You know what? Like a month later, he won the Euros. So, uh, yeah. When it comes to that, I think he'll be all right. Uh, I, I look forward to seeing it. But I do think there will be some kerfuffleage in all of this. 
at some point. And I think there's going to be, I will, I won't be surprised if, if X-Ray puts the Lord on like Thor's hammer right off the bat. Hey, if there's things ain't working, you are running this. And I think that he's going to have to, he's going to have to abide. And the matrix is going to have to understand that as well. So, but I'm pretty sure he's going to X-Ray. We don't have any more silly season news. I've got a whole bunch of rumors swirling around. Like who will replace Tessman at X-Ray? In in America, if they when they leave, if they leave, Mayfield, who is who is a good enough driver? Could be, but they would need a manager too. Yeah, I bet you who would be a good manager for X Ray. I'll tell you right. Adam now. Drake, Adam Drake, and Ryan Mayfield join X Ray. Paul Sicarello would be a great manager for X Ray. Wasn't he already a manager for them? He was a manager for Serpent. Oh yeah, but didn't he run X Ray though? He does run X Ray now. So, yeah, Paul. I mean, I think Paul could do it, but I mean, he would need a lot of support. Like he couldn't do it alone. No. So we'll see. And they'll need a top drive in America. Actually, we'll yeah. need a top drive in America. Could we see some one of these top drivers? What if Cavallari goes to X-ray? Yeah, I, I, I think, I think like uh, that would X-ray. actually be the best move. That would be the best move right there. Get rid of Tasman. Get rid like Tasman and Gorda going. Bring in Cavallari. Put Paul Sicarello as a manager. If I was X-ray, that's what I would do. Okay, we're in light of the recent results Cavallari has had with a few top fives and making the mains consistently this year with the WRC. Don't forget his performance ten scale too. Yeah, World Championships. Uh, I think it was fifth in two wheel drive. I do think that. Cavalry would make sense, but I don't think he made a one-year deal with Schumacher. Um, and I maybe Schumacher's maybe they who hey. When it comes to this, he's gonna you know and you know oh and don't forget Schumacher and X-ray are bitter enemies in ten scale. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. Like I don't think like someone would have to buy out the deal or do something about it. I don't, yeah, I don't but think Schumacher's not going to pay him the money that he wants if if he's going from WRC and WIRC and the yeah, corner yeah, yeah. is pointing to that. But for me, I think the best point would be to get him to X-ray, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Cavalry would make sense, but I think X-ray do need. Well, I mean, one tactic would be to just send David over, like go to the big races like DNC. He's won that before. He's good at that race usually. Then again, does tires play into that? Um, definitely wasn't good last time out with, with the Matrix tires. So, like, but, yeah. X-ray is a little from, bit of a pickle right now. If, here's if what I heard from the, most the of the American here. X-ray drivers. There's no support at these races for them. And when I mean yeah. support, there's no X-ray tents. There's nothing like that. So X-ray is kind of in that predicament where they need to get a manager that's going to go to all these races and do that type of stuff. Yeah. So, um. It, it, they 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 will need that as well. So I don't think, you know, David's going to need that too when he gets over there. He's going to need the support of having somebody over there and whatnot and doing oh, all that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting. But I'm I would say that at this point, I am I would bet my house that Tasman's and Tasman and Gorda out at the end of the year. That Ronald is going to X-ray. And now that I think about it, Cavallari sounds like the best option for them. Ten scale wise and eight scale wise. 
I mean, he would be the best driver to get if they wanted to get representation in the classes that matter in America. Because yeah. Tessman, to be honest, I think Cavalieri has been much better in 10 scale than Tessman has been. Yes. Um, they haven't been... Tessman has his good runs here and there in 8 scale. But to be honest, consistently, they've been kind of on the same level this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tessman a little bit better, but not mm-hmm. significantly. Um, also, I think ha- ha- having to pay Gord and so on and so on, like that's an... Cavalier would be cheaper. Yeah, I think overall Cavalier would be cheaper and then having, you know, a team manager for somewhere else, I think overall they would save money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Tessman for Cav, in my opinion, would be a good move by X-Ray, but I think they still need more. They need, like, a bigger, bigger fish, you know? I mean, Cav's a big fish. He's a big fish, uh, like, on the paper, but I don't think, like... I bet you. I guarantee you. That's what I would do if I'm X-Ray. Hire Cav. I would do it it too, because I think Cavalier is quite easy to get right now. (laughs) If Schumacher isn't, like, you can't, like, no, 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 this is staying this way. I think it's going to be quite an easy move with X-Ray because I don't think WRC is paying him that much. He definitely can't get a deal from many other places unless he's going to something like AE, which is picking them up for just the nostalgia. So, yeah, I'm I'm quite confident that, like, Cavalieri doesn't really have many options right now mm. and that X-Ray, if they would approach him, like, that would be a move. Well, her brings up the next... <clears throat> question where does Gord and Ty go who can afford both of them or are we finally going to see the split um I yeah I don't know I think I really think it would have to be something more you know American <laughs> like something more classic yeah so basically AE or TLR that, that's the only two companies that I think of when, when I yeah. think of this. Because, I don't, there, this, yeah. I, HP? No, I don't but think, I they, first paying. of all, I, yeah, I don't think they have the money because they aren't, from what I see, I don't think they're doing the good in sales. They are not having that good results and they're already paying a little amounts to a multiple drivers, young drivers. So... Yeah, I I don't see HP. I think yeah, I don't see HP. I don't know. Maybe Gord and Tiger to WIRC and champion that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. WRC would be a good move for a testman, I think, because to be honest, like he hasn't made the X-ray work, and like I don't think he's gonna go worse with WRC. You know, it's yeah. Maybe know. maybe Joseph has a, a ace up his sleeve and is gonna hire Gord and Ty to run Mayako. That would be fucking hilarious. Like you talked about this last week. Tebow and Tessman and Gord and Joseph. Like these like <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like I think like operationally, yeah, that makes like somewhat sense, but just, um, you know, the worldview of these people is very different. Oh, my gosh. Joseph would be dead. Gord would kill him. Gord would yeah. kill him. 
All right. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. Like I said, we don't know if Cavalier is out yet, but we're assuming that he is with uh, with what's going on at WIRC. I do see that Marco is going to Adrenaline Raceway who's going with Rob Isaac. So that, that shows me that I think Rob Isaac is taking over team managing or distribution of WIRC in America. And to be honest... Yeah, I don't know. I, I I just don't. I just don't see Cavallari continuing to to be there, especially if it, you know. I just don't see. It. I just don't see it. I could be wrong, uh, but it's it's. You know, my my the force within me is telling me that. You know, how about force. how about Dylan Calgol? Is he out? Is all of those guys like? Yeah, out? I think he's out too. I think he's just like enjoying RC, painting cars, stuff like whatever. He doesn't really leave te- what Texas are, much. What about? Um... Yeah, 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 but is, isn't adrenaline like some kind of they sell like WRC there? No, 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 just a track. No, oh, okay. I thought yeah. it was like that area had a lot of WRC presence, but apparently not. No, the guy, I think the guy Rob is from that area and they go to adrenaline a lot, like they have uh, a lot of his okay. races there. So, okay, that makes sense because every time like I see adrenaline race where WRC, whatever, yeah. right? Right, right, that's what you saw with that's where Marco's going. So, he yeah. has like yeah, the yeah. USRC series that he has. Yeah. He's serious, and they go to they go to adrenaline a lot, and there's tracks up in that area, so we shall see. Yeah. All right. Um. Next up is the Schumacher Audi. Thinking of speaking of ten scale, let's bring up the Schumacher Max. Let's get your opinion on this. Has um, Pecco been driving this car, or has he not been doing much ten scale lately? I don't think he has done like any ten scale all summer. Um. Oh. Can you can you see that? Let me bring oh. it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically, this was the car that was running at the worlds. Uh, they've been using this probably the whole year. Um, I think three main points. Uh, well, the first point is that they have three cars. Uh, to be honest. Not the biggest fan of this style of thing. Like, just have one car and then maybe sell some, like, conversion kits. Three cars? Yeah. So basically, they have the um, LD3M, which is um, uh, the lay down box. So the motor quite far forwards. Then they have the LD3D. Uh, which is which is like layback gearbox. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming like um, um, yeah, for dirt. yeah. Well, obviously for dirt, but I'm assuming like it has some like uh, different. Yeah, it says different uh, drive shafts, different rear hexes. Uh, well, yellow wheels. The, <laughs> the carpet one had uh, white wheels. Um, yeah and different motor mount stuff like that so nothing like this update isn't really that crazy they introduce a new uh, body they have a j concepts body as stock um i think they've just basically updated the old car with some new parts they've uh introduced over the mm, year i mean i i can't really find anything to crazy just very fine-tuning and uh fine-tuning putting the option part some of the option parts out of the box 
and then introducing the mod carpet car, the dirt car, basically mod dirt car. And then on top of that, they also have the stock car, uh, which is with the laydown transmission, uh, carpet, cha um, carbon chassis, uh, no slip. Uh, mm, yeah. I was a little bit like, I was like, oh, excited. Uh, Schumacher released a new car, but then I started to look into it and it's, yeah, I don't, I mean, it says new, 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 but most of this stuff you could have gotten, you know, option parts before. It's so it sounds like just, they're catering to the American market. They have a carpet 100%. track car, which is getting yeah. more popular. They have a dark car where, where they still race on dirt. And then of course they have a stock car for lightweight and all mm -hmm. that stuff. So I actually think it's yeah. smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think you kind of put it nicely. I think mo this release is just to, um, let's say, rebranding, reorganizing of the two-wheel drive platform. It's, mm -hmm. it's not really a new platform, like specifically, but more so they've uh, built kits that they can easily market to different customers in America and Europe and so on. I mean, Europe, nobody will probably need the dirt model mm. or stock. probably not even or stock yeah it's just the the ld3m and then the american market they will have the different options yeah mostly just i think it's kind of a brand uh well how, how would you say marketing decision marketing model mm -hmm. how would you call it yeah nothing much to geek out about maybe i missed something that i didn't see but i i mean i couldn't no find idea, anything buddy. completely new no idea no idea. They're not that exciting, but I mean, yeah, new car. Well, well we're gonna geek up. We're gonna geek on on some onward stuff in a bit. Uh, yeah. But any, I don't have any more RC news before I go on. It's funny people are messaging me now with like pictures of Runner Fox face, like kind of photoshopped into that that picture and all that stuff. Like it would have been hilarious. It would have been hilarious if all they did was to turn down the brightness. So well, that's they, what it looks like. Yeah, but I think they, I think they've smudged the face, so you can't make it out. But it would be <laughs> hilarious if you, if you turned up the brightness and you could see one of Fox's face. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, we're gonna go into uh, races this past weekend and Lefty's travels. That is brought to you by Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a championship-winning manufacturer of high-performance A-scale, TED-scale, nitro, and electric RC buggies and trucks. With a worldwide dealer network, USA and Europe-based headquarters, comprehensive warranty program, and global race support, Techno RC is excellence in RC. View the full lineup of Techno RC race-proven vehicles by visiting www.technorc.com. And thank you to Techno RC for all their continued support. I see they just dropped the new short course truck. Oh, it's ready for pre-order, and Max is laughing. What are you laughing at, Max? You know, I just said they smudged his face. They fucking didn't, okay? I went and edited the photo. Uh, yeah, someone sent me that photo. Yeah, I edited the photo, and you can fucking see David's eyes here. Okay? <laughs> let me... Okay, let me send this to my email. All right. Well, you, while you do that, let's talk about the racing this past weekend. First, we'll geek out on the Japanese. You was all excited about the Japanese eight-scale off-road championships. Let me bring that up on Red RC. Uh, you are excited because you 
actually, when we was talking to Hara, he was talking about how, um, how racing in in Japan has died almost. He said maybe they get, you know, twenty to thirty people to a, a national event like this. But here we go. Uh, we have the national title, which happened in. Kouki Kato is the new JMRCA All Japan champion for 18 scale Nitro, racing at the RC Land 23 track in Matasuki, Matasuka City. Rain forecast for Sunday meant the race was brought forward and run on Saturday. In qualifying, it was business as usual for multiple defending champion Yasuki Sigueira. Sigueira, is that the is that the that's the orange wheel guy? Ew, look at that. There's his orange wheels. He looks older. I thought he was younger than that. Anyway. No, that's the, that's kind of the thing that um that all like most of Japanese drivers are quite old. Like Nada kind of was the last young top driver they had. This guy looks young. Yeah, Go well on. that's that's what I was gonna come into next. Like Sigura, a lot of the on-road guys, um uh Sabu and Matsugura is kind of similar generation, but then I think it's Matsusaki or something who made the world's main in touring. There's these few guys in in pan cars that are fast, but all of these mm. guys are like old. They're like over thirty easily. And mm. this Koki Kato, he's he's like definitely the most promising young talent coming out of Japan in the last, I'd say like six seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like Kaito Kodera who made the AMAs at EOS, and uh, there's been a few like. Um, occasionally fast drivers but this koki kato has been like doing very well he's mostly a 10 scale driver but mm. also dabbling in into eight scale he, he was at the I don't world know exactly how old. he was at the world he didn't do too well but i mean yeah i think it's first time visiting america so it's somewhat understandable um i don't know how old he is exactly but he seems to be very motivated taking it seriously and uh yeah i i'm like um i even actually the reason why i wanted to talk about this because i saw a facebook boy uh, post by yuchi kanai and he was like finally we have a new up-and-coming talent from japan and he was like straight up like um praising uh koki um and i think i mean i think he even runs mugen uh mm-hmm. for eight scale so it's not like it was a Kyosho driver or whatever. Um, so yeah, by the way, I think the whole top three is Mugen. So yeah. not a great look That's for Kyosho. <laughs> no, not at all. Ja- uh, Mugen, the, the real Japanese brand now. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, you seem to have uh, a special place in your little Finnish heart for Japanese racing. So No, it's, it's kind of like the Finnish Japanese cultures are very, they like each other. I, I've always had... Uh, I like reindeer balls. I don't know. They fucking love the movements. That's their like jam. They always come to Finland and look at the movements. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, yeah, when we when I was a kid, there was like every year, um, some school from Tokyo visited our school. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I've I think it's a Finnish Japanese connection. That's the thing. And by the way, movements I just found out the other day is actually a Finnish cartoon yes it's a i don't it's a finnish guy who made it but he's uh so it's a 
purely Swedish name. And I think, I, I don't know if it was, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he's mostly like Swedish. <laughs> I don't know if he even talks Finnish, but um, he was living in Finland. Okay. So it's a very classic Finnish um, cartoon. You know, one of those like old ones and they kind of, they still come on the TV. Okay, cool. Cool. Moment. Just, uh, just, just a little tangent of the Japanese heat <laughs> scale racing. All right. All right. Um, so in my travels this week, I traveled to the to Florida once again for the Florida RC Championships round six. In my opinion, this is the absolute best uh eight scale series we have going right now uh in in USA. Lance McDonald has done a great job here. We we have vi- we visited the Epic RC Complex up at Newport Richie. As you can see, the track was a lot of big jumps at this is race. This is actually yeah, that's Mike. We just tuned in. He he actually podium too. Big jumps, lots of this track has immense amounts of dirt there. Uh, it's very oh dude, it was like Tetris parking Ooh. parking everybody dude. So see this jump, the e buggers will be able to jump that and jump right over here. And land there good on the e buggy class. So this race, this series is extremely popular. It sold out within um, I think it sold out within 16 minutes. People like it, it has full coverage, as you can see. I was brought up there, I was doing commentary as well as uh doing interviews of winners and whatnot. This is my second Florida RC championship that I've been to. I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh the people show me a lot of love. Uh, this is Colombia's number one USA driver, Juan Serna, right there. Who I was, you know, I kind of started that rivalry while I was there because it's a series. So the series is, is round six. They're going into round seven, which is Callahan uh, in November, and I'll be there. And it's actually very, very tight uh, on points. So uh, in pro nitro buggy, I think, and in intermediate nitro buggy, and a couple of other classes is really tight. And by the way, I will say that this race, it's a cap race. You can only run two classes, right? And it gets, you get double A mains for electric, eight minute A mains. You get 25 minutes for each uh, pro main. And they, this is all done in one day, barring any other. We was done by quarter to 10. We started at eight, was done at quarter to 10. And he gives away a lot of stuff throughout the day. Uh, he has VIP how many, tents. How many entries uh, do they have? I think he cut it down a little bit this 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 race to like 190 something or just under 200. It might have been just over 200 because it's it's really hard for parking there. It, it's like it's not that much space. So, you know, a lot of people come up in their campers and, and trailers. So it was like Tetris parking these vehicles there. And the only reason he didn't have a little bit more than 200 is because I think he capped it a little extra low because of that. And do yeah. <clears throat> they calcium the crap out of this track? It was like concrete out there. And yeah, then much- we had a little bit of humidity and overcast on Saturday. So it was kind of, uh, you know, like a wet moist, moisty type of dart in the morning. And it threw people for a loop because they were so, they were getting ready for that hard bite, hard, you know, hard, it was hard. It was hard. Interesting track. Um, it it did people. It was mixed reviews on the track, but you know it was good. It made for some good racing. I think we had some exciting racing, and I just wanted to say, like, I was. I'm super. I, even though I've come into this series a little bit late, like 
I'm I'm super pumped to be involved with it. I think Lance and everybody for getting me involved in this. But what I what I like about it is is that it's a series, right? And we always talk about having a series and all that good stuff on this podcast quite a lot and how we want to make one and do one. But this is one of the reasons why. Like people really care about the points. Like they are excited about the points. They um they look into the next race about the points. It's you know, it's all about the points for them. Here we have uh Pro Nitro Buggy. There we see it was uh Julian Olivenses, he won he won Oliveris, sorry. I want to say Oliveris is like my wife. He actually won E-Buggy and Pro Nitro Buggy. We had Trent, yeah. I think he came second. Patrick Rossa, the Jada Lopez, who has lost a bunch of weight, and Brad Nikiosa, Nicosia, I think I'm, I'm pronouncing his name wrong or right. So, but I wanted to look at the points going into this because this is what makes it exciting for me is the actual points going in. So, like, in the 40-plus points, like, first and second are separated by 98 points, by two points, right? Yeah. Um, in the Pro Nitro truck, it's a little bit more of a spread. Phil Lauer has 99, and Joshua Vicodamani, who had a bad weekend this weekend, he has he has 62. You have a novice class with 101 and 94. Um, and then open e truggy because they just have an open e truggy that's close too. 101, 99. Wow, these points are very close through all of this. Yeah. Open e buggy is the same. Um, Pro Nitro um, Buggy. So Oliver Julian has 100 and Trent has 99 points. And then behind them, Patrick Ross has 98. And then Zach Rodriguez has 88. So going into the next round of this event, it's going to be tight. Like people have to go to this rent, this race, and, and do well. Like even in, in open nitro buggy, it's a race between Cam Goff and Miller Freud. And it looks like uh JP Science, right? And it's 101. Miller has a 95, and I think that's an error, but it says uh, JP Sense has 99. But he might have 99, but he might have a, one more throwaway. They do get one I throwaway. Think, I I think that's the race points. Okay, that's what I'm looking I, at. I have, the, oh. I, have the, um, I have I can bring it up. Um, oh, I'm looking at the wrong one. I thought this was overall. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean... It, it is. Still, it is. Oh, no, no. I'm looking at the wrong point. So Cam Goffs has 615 and 604. Sorry, I do apologize. I do apologize to everybody out there. Yeah, but I mean... There's a tie in pro e-buggy. Trent Walker and Trent and Julian are tied on 428. I do apologize for that, everybody. And then in in Nitro, they're separated by two points. (laughs) So, yeah. I think it's like... it's, It's not only the pro class, like in in the open nitro buggy, there the top, uh, what is it? Top four is separated by nine points, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much all classes are gonna be like within like five points for the top two. Some classes have like uh, someone taken off a little bit, but yeah, it's either way, it's it's like. The series is our way to make people engage. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I think other states should really look into. Okay, Florida is a big state. They can definitely do it on their own. But, uh, and yeah, California has JBRL and so on. But like North Carolina, South Carolina. They, they have, have their series people. too. Yeah, But, but nobody's should, like, no series is doing what this is doing. This yeah. series has coverage. 
full coverage, like any big race out there. Yeah. They, you know, um, they do pictures as well. So there's pictures coming from this race. So that's the cute, like, this is, uh, he, like, Lance has done a very good job. He's put a very good team together. The production is great. Obviously, Danny Paz is doing it as out there taking pictures. Uh, we got Patrick Russell helping out. Of course, we have me, my buddy Gene. Every, like, he has a good team helping out. No other series has this. Plus, you get good runtime. You get yeah. good runtime. You get all day Saturday, Friday to practice. And then you get um, a little bit of practice Saturday morning for people that come early. And then you race. And you're out of there at a decent, barring any weather, you're out of there at a decent time. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, that's the main thing. You go in there knowing when you get out, you know. You have a cap race, so you don't have to worry about, like, oh, is it going to last too long? Do I have to mm -hmm. take an extra night at a hotel, whatever, whatever. Like, this is this is the key things. Make the racing as smooth and, uh, like, predictable for the racer when, when they go in, like, oh, I want to spend my weekend going to an RC race. And that's how people actually like to go there again, you know? Like, yeah, you can get people to go to PMB for, like, one time, and then a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm not going next year. But then, like, new people obviously get excited because such a big race, like, where it goes around. But, like, to build something on a smaller scale with a much, much smaller pool of drivers, you have to make it so that the people enjoy it. You can't just make it that, you know, there's a huge amount of, uh entries not a lot of track time and then you still pay how amount for the entry fee you know that that worked for a few big events like around the whole united states but for local level you have to listen to what the racers want you have to be considerate of what makes it better and yeah in finland we have uh the same kind of approach as this land series they have um somewhat of a free uh format but it's still very structured in a way where people know when they get in, when they get out. It's just it's kind of a short day. It starts at 10, uh, it ends at 6 p.m. So yeah, you have like um, eight hour day. Uh, we had 80 entries the last time around. Everyone gets three qualifiers, four mains. Might if they get more entries, they they might need to drop one of the mains away, or I think they might have two qualifiers. But either way. They have a club race where they get 80 entries and they run it in eight hours. Like that's so much easier for people to come into. And like the reason why I brought this example of Finland up is because other races are suffering to get even 40. Like the national series for 10 scale this year, they had um, around 15 per race for tool drive and they didn't get over 10 at any of the four wheel drive races. So basically they had like five or six at four wheel drive. So they had like 20 entries for the Finnish national series for 10 scale. And this should be like the series for 10 scale. It used to have up to a hundred entries. They used to run it as a two day event, but now it's the times have changed. You know, people want to be more comfortable. They don't have that much spare time. You know, they have to go to work, so on. So that that's kind of the change we need to do to keep on top of it. And in, I think in Finland, it has clearly proved to work. I think in Florida, it clearly proves that it works. And now it's just about having this formula, tweaking it out, making it work for everyone, you know, every each area. Like even JBRL, people are like moaning about it because it's so long, you get so little track time. 
Like instead of doing that, if they don't want to go to two days, you just do this. You cap it at a certain uh, point. You know, you cap it to like one class per person or two classes per person or whatever it is. You know, those are the things you have to do to kind of uh, um, prevent the sort of inflation of the race. Like JBRL probably 10 years ago, it was great. You know, there was a decent amount of people. It was a nice one day race, but now some of the races are like crazy big. You are there the whole day. Some of the races are like, you barely get entries in the pro class. Like I think the last race had like just above 10 entries in the pro class. So yeah, I think absolutely, you, absolutely. Need, you need to have a solid plan. You need to do things with, with the purpose. And I think, yeah, the Florida RC championship, like they, they, they're getting better like each race. Like yeah, and then he's uh freaking right. So going into Callahan next month, like people are really concerned about the points, and that's the good thing about a series, right? It's not just based off of one race. That's why freaking how I I really hope it's got some things in the works right now. We might have a virtual series next year. We'll see. But this is why we need to have. This is why series are important. This is why I, I loved RCGP. What Lance is doing, I'm super proud to be a part of this with them, even though I've come in late. And he's going to start a 10-scale series next year. And, like, I, I don't know if I told you this, but he's going to have the novice or rookie class where he's going to have, like, 10 RTR AE buggies, I think, or buggies where people can run. And that's their car for the season. So you enter that, you oh, get okay. a car. You don't get to keep it, you know, obviously. Yeah. And you you get, everybody's coming in the same car for, like, the rookie 10-scale class. But right now, dude, Florida RC is booming, booming yeah. right now. And I think we're getting up to, the, I remember the level of competition that was very high in Florida at one point. And I think we're getting back up to that high level and people are enjoying it, man. And I am enjoying being yeah. a part of it. So I just wanted to say thank you. Got my rock and my Florida RC jersey. I think uh, Justin Newby done these who done my other jersey. Even got my Bermuda, my Bermuda flag on it. Uh, I, I want to thank everybody for having me up there. It was awesome. It was a great time hanging out with Lance and pa Patrick, Gene, his wife, and of course, Danny Paz, who's a genius. And uh, I look forward to Callahan, man. I do. I've never been there. And Florida RC, man, it's booming. If you guys are in, a, in the neighborhood at one of these races and, in, and you're going to be in Florida, check it out. You won't be disappointed. And the coverage, like he's doing the coverage like, like you would get at any big race. Same thing. He, yeah. And people love it. People love it. They go get their pictures. That's a good thing. They go get their pictures of the car, the pictures of their TQ and all that type of stuff. And you, you're making memories for people. So well done to Lance McDonald and the Florida RC Championships and the Florida RC community. All right, Max, we're going to pay some bills and then we're going to come back. We're going to geek out on the eight scale GT World Championships going on right now. And some of the cars that are going uh, that are that are being raced there. And this part of the podcast is brought to you by Clinic RC, the make of the race tech engines. You can go to clinicrc.com, get all your titanium bits that you need, as well as cool stuff like a drift, a diff drain. And the they have the new droop gauges that they have, but they also have these race tech engines that can be customized to what you want. And actually talking to Tony is in charge of a track out there in Power Up now is planning a, a, a a big money race coming up here soon. So with that said, go to Clinic RC. Let them know you heard about it on the No Name RC podcast. And thank you to Clinic, Tony and his wife, for all their support. This is their Race Tech Engines commercial.
All righty then. All right. So we have the GT Worlds going on in Australia, Sydney, Australia. The coverage is being brought to you by a combination of RC Racing TV and the Australian-based RC Race Media. And let's pull up a little bit of the live show that they have going on there. It's, it's not a big entry race, unfortunately, which I didn't expect because it's in Australia and it's a little bit difficult to get there. But nonetheless, yeah, an exciting I mean, race. I think, I think they have a little bit below 100 entries. But they have also I think it's electric. 50 in Nitro and less yeah. than that in E-Buggy, E-Truck, E-Eve version. But uh, you still have some of the fastest races there, like Paulo Morgante is there. Uh, the guy, Jeff Hammond, we're going to put this up on screen now while we watch this. The coverage is absolutely exceptional. Uh, it's, it's really good. The RC Race, I think it's the RC Race Media, the Australian-based team, or the team that done the Asian Buggy Championships with Scotty. And then, of course, I believe RC Racing TV is doing the, all the virtual production and whatnot. Uh, I am in contact with one of the guys, Tony Firth, Firth, who's doing the interviews. So I think the production quality is good. I'm actually watching this at like 9, 10 o'clock my time, nights. So that's actually pretty cool. And Max, I, I think I want a GT now. This is the only class that's racing her, this in fifth scale. I do have a, a Mugen one up her, but after looking at these badass GT cars, I want some. I want. I think I want one. I think I want one. So, what do you think about this, Max? I've been like, I've been having this like uh, idea of building my own GT car, um, like because it's it, to be honest, it's quite easy. It requires some few parts, and I like. There's a few people um, in the Mayako Discord interested about this, so. I hope I have a little bit of time to draw up some parts and maybe someone someone can make us a GT prototype. But yeah, I think this class is really cool. I think it it makes more sense than um, 10 scale nitro uh, on-road because the 10 scale nitro on-road is not really based on anything. You have touring car 10 scale, the on-road ones, they're not, like, they're from a different planet. You already have the 8-scale, you know, on-road. But this is kind of like, I think this could be the sort of GT slash touring car on-road class that we could need. Or, like, because it's much easier for companies to make these cars, uh, at least currently. They are powered by, you know drive shafts not um they're they're not using like bell drives so i think it's uh it, it it has a lot of potential it has less cost than a fifth scale the drivability is not that different uh like it's obviously it's faster and so on but it's not that different it runs on nitro it doesn't run on gasoline but yeah i think i think it has a lot of potential and it could capture you know those who don't necessarily like eight scale um what the fuck is that called um gp yeah gp okay D that don't like the gp cars um but like running like 10 scale on road uh mm -hmm. nitro on road because in finland that class died away you know they already run gp now um 
in the Euros this year, there was like 30 entries or something ridiculously low for 10 scale nitro, 200 millimeter touring cars. So it's like that class I feel is struggling a lot. Um, so moving those drivers into GT cars, then moving some of the fifth scale crowd into GT cars could be sort of a good balance because let's be honest, fifth scale is cool and all, but it's really expensive. It's like, if you want to be competitive at it, it's getting ridiculously expensive. Whereas these cars, it's not, it might be a little bit more expensive than, um, eight scale off-road due to engine costs and the tire costs. But I think overall, it's still quite a reasonably priced way to run on-road. And the GP cars are crazy expensive. You have to, like, it's a thousand bucks a, a pop of those cars. And then you buy engines, you have to have so many of them, bodies, so on, so on. So <laughs> I think I see a lot of potential in this class. We've talked about the same subject before, and I think <laughs> we probably see potential in this class. And I think, you know, having these worlds, you know, live stream, it, it's not the first time, but you know, all every time we see this, it's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. This year, the GT Euros were by far got the most representation. There was a lot of top top drivers. Um, a lot of the guys who used to be, you know, the normal guys running, you know, on road nitro on road classes like Alessio Mazzeo, these guys were at the GT race. Not sure if the same guys even went to the ten scale, um, two hundred millimeter Euros. Like I think Matteo was there, but a lot of drivers didn't go. So I think, yeah, I see this as, as a good, you know, uh, in between of fifth scale and foam, uh, foam cars. Okay. Uh, this is also very popular in Latin America, as I've, I've mentioned, but, uh, we, this race is going on. We are currently watching some of the highlights from RC racing TV. If you aren't watching this, on the YouTube channel, you can go find, I, should, I will leave a link in the written description of this for this, but we did have a little bit of drama at this race uh, with Andrea Catanzani, Katza, who I actually think might be a European champion or runner-up, not sure. Uh, he was issued yeah. a three-second penalty for track limits that has been rescinded. That meant that the yeah. separate driver takes TQ for third round of the qualifying of the GT World Championship. This was a couple of days ago. And it says it took place after more than two and a half hours after the Italian had three seconds added to his time because it was too late in the heat to serve a drive-through penalty for track limits. It was rescinded due to Ifmar Rue's earning along track limits at pit entry and exit. Jeff Hammond was credited with the TQ of the ROM and the penalty was imposed, but now the top seed gets, gets a P2 for the ROM as they, as they originally crossed across the line. So we had a little bit of drama. Red RC has been doing a lot of the yeah. Um, coverage as well, and then D'Angelo is the. I guess this is an Italian guy. Genius yeah. Racing. Alex D'Angelo is the top qualifier for the eight scale world championship in Sydney, Australia. The Italian's first world championship. He secured pole position. This is the Italian's first world championship. He secured pole position for Saturday's one hour final, when he backed up his Q Q five TQ with another in the final round at the John Grant International Raceway. Going into the decider as the only driver capable of topping the overnight TQ holder, Tony Gruber, 
he would produce another 24-lap run. And with his Q5 time, the quickest at the event, he took overall TQ on tiebreaker from Gruber. A rough day for Q for Gruber. Is this Gruber right here? No. Um, I no, think so. Yeah, it might be him. But we're looking at... Let me he's see. like a... Didn't he win 200? Did he, he won 200 Sudan. He's a European champion in that, right? I think he won some European champion this, this year. I think it was this. Uh, not this, but 200 millimeter. A rough day for Gruber. Qualifying didn't end any better for the Hong Nor driver as he suffered from a too lean of an engine and pulled in after four minutes. Adding to the Genius Team celebration, reigning European GT champion Bernard Alain Arnaldi, so he is the champion, made it a one for two with the GT 8.23 for the round, putting the French driver into the four-driver Super Pro shootout. This was duly won by Gruber, who now locks his place into the main final while the rest have to come through the semifinals for reigning champion Jordan Newman, a strong finish today one of qualifying when he got a P3 and Q3 that didn't carry through to a day to day two as the result the SOX driver will start out his title defense from sixth in this half hour semi B. So that's going to be good. Reacting to securing the TQ for what is only the second running of the world championships for GT oh wow yeah. Please, D'Angelo said, I'm super happy. This is my first, okay, this is my first Worlds, and there's not more I could hope for. He continued, at the end of our strategy worked, and I'm happy to get this hot weather, get get this hot weather as I knew we would go fast. With today, the hottest day of the event, he has always been an op- he has always been open about hotter conditions, suiting his car better. Q6 was an anxious seven minutes, however. My engine was really rich, and I don't know hot why. So from the first lap, I was scared. I was going to run out of fuel. I knew Jeff Hammond and Tony Gruber had problems, so I was able to manage the throttle. But it was close on the last lap. My teammate was behind me, and I must thank him for managing the pace to help me. Hmm. Cool. So with the yeah. second place to the fifth place getting a shot at Super Bowl shortly after the qualifier, it was fifth place qualifier Arnaldi who went first. Next to go was Hammond, but unlike the inaugural Worlds in Miami in 2020, when he won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, the Super Drive was not able to better the French driver's best lap. I really like Super Bowl. Yeah. I really like Super Bowl. With a three-minute warm-up allowed, followed by a six-time six laps of which the best counts, his first lap booked his direct spot into the final, but he was not, he wasn't done, done. He wasn't done. Continue for more laps until he parked his car in the corner marker. Afterwards, Gruber said, normally you can stop when you get a fast lap, but I wanted to show how fast our car was. If no run time to worry about, we changed to a different amount of field and a really quick engine. And wow, this was not genius racing. Wow. All right. So this is going on. I didn't realize this was the, you know, the second world championship going on with this. So that's yeah, pretty I think, cool. Yeah. Well, they have had like world championship type events. They had one in Thailand in, um, well, I think it was like 2016, 2018, maybe. But I think that was the World Cup. Kind of like mm-hmm. how it's now with um, e-buggy. With e-buggy, yeah. So the 2020 ones in Florida were the first ones, which uh, Jorn won, obviously. And now this is the second edition of the Worlds. So official, if more Worlds. So yeah, okay. it's kind of a it's relatively new class in the official, you know. Yeah, that yeah, is. I think Paulo Mar- Paulo Marganti actually won the World Cup. Uh, when it first came out. All right. So let's take this down. We're, we're going to, if you want to follow the action of this, you can follow it on RC racing TV. It starts nighttime in the East coast, like six, seven at night. 
So, Max, we're going to geek out on some of these cars going on her uh, that we have been kind of watching. Yeah. So, why don't you bring them up and we continue our geeking out. We're, gonna, we're not going to geek out too much on this. Let's try we, we try and get done in the next five minutes because we have a lot of questions to answer as well. And we're trying to keep this podcast to two hours for everybody. Yeah. So, I'll start out with the serpent because this is kind of like the... Uh, I don't have the chassis focus they haven't done from Jeff Hammond's car, but this is kind of like the, I'd say this has been the major, you know, proponent of GT cars or major manufacturer of GT cars in the beginning phases. And they have kind of kept the ball rolling. So they have lots of cool things like adjustable C hubs, uh, you know, with different caster, they have the um, two-speed. Um, they, like a lot of brands, I think, have copied this. Uh, and then the the other thing was their brakes, which a lot of use just from the eight-scale cars. They have kind of made um, a combination of the GP cars and the eight-scale off-road. And in general... They kind of have kept to the classic way of it's an eight scale buggy, but then you just modify it to make it a GT car. But they've added some little, you know, bits and pieces here and there that make it much more, you know, have a lot of more performance basically. So I think Serpent is kind of like the standard uh, GT style car, and a lot of, you know, S works and, um, x-ray let's say and all of these kind of go along with that but now i want to show the genius car which is the tq um the tq runner runs this car so this car is beautiful this car and the capricorn oof beautiful yeah so genius and the capricorn cars are kind of like the new um new age of um GT cars, uh, aluminum, very similar to like fifth scale looking or even 10 scale on road, like kind of combinations of those two. So as you can see here, there, there isn't a lot of like plastic parts anymore. A lot of it is machine. Obviously some, some of that is down to the fact that Genius, for example, is quite a small company in Italy. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's not easy to make, uh, make uh, plastic uh, parts because you have to sell so many kits to make it uh, worthwhile. Uh, but yeah, the car, it's like very beautiful, machined, a lot of like, uh, um, how would I it say? It looks very fifth scale-esque. Yeah, this one is very fifth scale-esque. The Capricorn is more sort of 10 scale type. So it's actually interesting, but these two separate out of the other manufacturers that we're going to go into uh, soon. But yeah, the Genius it, is the one that uh, also Davide Ongaro yes, drove. Yes, in I was Italy. about to say that. I was about to say it. They make a yeah. fifth scale too, I believe. So that would be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe they do. So that would be I why this is very fifth scale, fifth scale-esque. Yeah, I do believe they have kind of, you know, started with fifth scale and then moved into GT. But yeah, you look at this, it's just, uh, yeah. That's beautiful. That's sexy. very, very cool. And look even at the here, hub. you can look see, yeah. 
adjustable okay, caster. You, yeah, you can adjust a lot of things. Yeah, it's beautiful. this is like one of the most beautiful cars, but I would say the Capricorn is even cooler. So let me bring that up next. So this would be the Capricorn. And as you can see, uh, it has carbon fiber arms, very sort of on-road style chassis, um, top arms, kind of like 10 scale where you have these um, um, collets that attach to the carbon fiber. Um, yeah. This really is cool. sexy too. Yeah. And even here, you see this piece here. I don't know if you can see my mouse, but mm -hmm. on the upper arm, there's this little piece next to the tire. The idea of this is to have the body uh, a little bit loose on the body posts. So when the car goes down, uh, you can have it like very close to the ground to begin with. But when the mm. car, the chassis goes down, these posts will actually hold it up. So, so it doesn't scrape. When, yes. So basically, you have the body as low as possible, and then when um, the car heaves or you know the chassis bottoms out, it's allowed a little bit of gear from the body posts, and these stop it to hold it sort of of the level of the tires. Mm. So that's that's one thing that uh, uh, a lot of people had been running in ten scale on road, and I think almost all cars have it now, but. Yeah, I haven't seen this in other GT cars, so it's kind of cool to see it on Capricorn. Um, yeah, I mean, to be is honest, that, it's really, really cool. Is that, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. Is that diff just open, or did they take the diff case off? They had to take the diff case off. No, no, that's how they are. So the GT cars, all, almost like Serpent, Genius, and at least the Capricorn, they run open diff cases. Really? So that it, yeah, so I, I guess there's like such a small amount of, uh, you know, debris that they can do that. Mm. It's quite surprising, but yeah, they it's quite a standard on the new age GT car. Mm, let's see some. Let's see the rest of these pictures. Let's go to see some more. Wow, this is a work yeah. of art too, man. Yeah, this is really really cool. Like even the rear hubs you can see here. Mm -hmm. It's very very sweet looking. Um, yeah, this is kind of like. You like those people who always uh, ask the questions about uh, eight scale buggies. Like, why don't they have this sort of innovation that the off road, um, like like in the off road side, the touring cars have in the touring side? Well, I mean, now you can see it in the GT cars uh, because they take a lot of the ideas from there. All right, what's next? You're gonna look at the S works. Next, next we have the S works, and this is kind of the OG type of GT car. So more traditional. They have the GT chassis, but they have exactly the same arms as the buggy. They are the. I mean, they actually have uh, open diff cases too. I didn't know they had this uh, uh, because a lot of. I think actually now that I think about it, XJ went to open diff cases too. So this is this is uh, quite the recent one because I think the previous uh, Xbox model had them still the same buggy diff cases. But yeah, they have buggy arms. They pretty much the same radio tray, just no side guards, same center diff mount, same, I think it's the same arm holders. 
same not the same steering actually because they don't seem to have a servo saver here yeah they the Xbox has have machined uh bulkheads and that way they can have the the the, the diff case open instead of having the plastic ones from the buggy um so this is sort of the traditional way you would uh, see a gt car look like buggy arms buggy hubs um most the platform is buggy but they have slightly made it um um lighter a little bit uh you know more aluminum parts uh not so brown to breaking even the actually the rear uh body post looks similar to the buggy rear wing mount um so that was swx now we're gonna go into x-ray they have been quite um quite big on updating their car every year as they most most of the time do so they have also a lot of this stuff i think this is a prototype chassis though but yeah they have the x-ray is similar to s-works and serpent where they have the buggy arms and as you can see it's pretty much everything is not the same as buggy but very close i think this driver has a lot of their own modifications here as well or maybe it's an x-ray prototype who knows yeah Aluminium bulkheads, uh, lots of carbon fiber, um, similar like shock mounting with the buggy arms as the S-Work and the Serpent. It's uh, quite uh, similar to the Serpent and the S-Works. I'd say a lot of these brands kind of follow what Serpent does. Uh, so yeah, not as cool as the Genius car, but I want to go next into a few brands that people probably are not that aware of. Uh, next one up is the Hongnor. This is Tony Gruber's car. Um, he's, uh, he's running a Hongnor, which is, I believe is basically like the IGT-8. It's the it's same, I believe so. same, same, but different basically. <laughs> so it's not the same brand, but it's, I think the same factory or something. But this is, this is, I'd say, a very unknown brand at the current moment. It, it used to be quite a big brand. I think Chad Bradley used to run it under Jammin. Um, yes, but the IGT-8 is actually very popular in the GT world. Yeah, so the IGT-8 is popular, but the Hongnor name, that's kind of went away. And that kind of brings me to the fact that I think there are some opportunities for a lot of these brands to you know bring their name back up uh, by you know gt cars because they offer quite a lot of uh, um versatility still at this stage because a lot of these are you know at a very early stage of development and even here you can see a lot of people run their upper links way up here but they have chosen with hongnar to run it low to the arm uh, low to the um, or high to the tire and like so it's not really even uniform how to run your shocks how to run your links and so on and so on um yeah the, i mean this most of these final cars are very similar um the last one is a raptor i have not heard of this brand myself ever so i was surprised to see it and i just want to quickly go through it. Um, 
This is kind of a similar car to the Genius. I don't know like where they're based, if, the, if it is the same as the Genius. It doesn't look the same, uh, but yeah, it's an interesting car. It kind of has the same fifth scale style. You see the e-buggy style chassis stiffener here. And then on the bottom, you have these, I think, I believe these are actually carbon fiber stiffness. So a lot of like uh, very unique, you see this um, two, two carbon fiber stiffness going around the drive shaft, center drive shaft. So a few co cool things here as well that maybe could make their way into eight scale. The chrono style uh, radio tray with the lay down servos. Um, I like this F1 style nose, nose piece. And uh, yeah, aluminum arms like the Genius, very narrow hinge pins. So this is one thing that a lot of the touring car, you know, 10 scale touring car brands have done. They go into a very long arm. They attach it almost in the middle. Perhaps this is something that the GT cars will come into at some point because of the fact that, you know, you want to have uh, as low load transfer as possible due to the, mm -hmm. due to the high grip uh, and very fast speeds. So yeah, a lot of cars went into very quickly, so not that much of a deep dive, but I just thought like now that the worlds are going on, it'd be really cool to look at this. Also, actually, uh, now that we're talking about the cars, I want to bring up the engines like Gimar and ELC tuned have mm -hmm. really like put a lot of work into um, GT cars. Mm -hmm. It has been like a thing that OS has their GT engine. I think Nova actually has put some effort into GT too, but like Gimar seems to be like taking a big, big, um, um, let's step, say a yeah. leap, yeah, big mm -hmm. step. And I think. I would say they are kind of the leading brand even in GT in terms of like appearance. So like, I think this is a good way for them also to breach onto the off-road side when they get more, um, how would you say, they get more known from the mm -hmm. GT side and then maybe get onto the off-road. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, really, really cool stuff. Uh, and before we go into our questions, I just want to bring this up and then we're going to, we're going to move on to that. Uh, I was looking, Will Smith has been a GT fan for a long time. So he made a comment and I actually, I do, I do agree with him. And we look at these cars, we look at the genius, we look at the Capricorn, we look at this Raptor, beautiful specimens, right? Beautiful specimens, but kind of going away from what this, this class was all about, which was basically a buggy chassis converted to onward, which we see with the S S works, the X-ray, uh, the Hong Nor, uh, the actually, uh, sorry, the Hong Nor, the S Works, and the Serpent, yeah. Serpent, right? And the X Ray too. Yeah. So, are we? Is this class developing into a higher? Is it? What are they going to do? Are they going to keep it to where it's like supposed to be like that, where you see the S Works? Because what it is for these companies like S Works, like X Ray, they can just reuse parts, right? And it makes mm -hmm. it a lot easier, and it keeps it, it keeps the price down. It keeps it more affordable. It keeps it easier for everybody. Uh, but I think that it's going to that where it's going to have, you're going to have to have a Capricorn type car. You're going to have to have a genius type car, you know, and it's going to, it's, it's kind of a shame in a way. While I love the innovative stuff, I love it. I think it looks cool. 
it's a shame in a way because it's going away from what this class was supposed to be. Basic, simple, affordable, easy for everybody. So right now, I want a GT car, right? Uh, right now, I want a freaking Genius or Capricorn. And they're expensive, right? But the S-Works looks good. And the S, I mean, it looks great. Like these cars look good, but I think it's going to be, is it going to come down to a point where you have to have a, a genius type car or, or uh, a Capricorn-esque type of car? I just looked up the minimum weight for these cars. Um, with empty tank, it's 3,500 grams. Mm. And to be honest, that's with, with off-road cars, it's 3,200. So obviously the body is a lot heavier. I'd say that's probably at least double to off-road bodies. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you get a little bit on, from that. The tires, I'd say it's a little bit lighter in the GT. So with that, I think the weight limit is actually going to keep it uh, quite competitive for the classic GT style cars. The Genius, the Capricorn, they look really cool, but like looking at it structurally, there isn't much, you know, benefits from that apart from stiffness and uh, tunability. You know, you can have uh, tunable uh, or active rear uh, towing, stuff like that. But who says you couldn't do that in off-road um, with like, if it the issue is the weight always in off-road the issue for this is you have to if you want to do that uh for example for the rear you have to put a lot of weight in well maybe for the gt that's not an issue the weight because the weight limit is already much higher and also the arms be it plastic or carbon fiber i don't really buy it that that makes you fast you know it's not like yokomo could be fast with plastic arms the issue wasn't that uh, talking about 10 scale on road right now. I think the main issue will be that can you convince the customers that the car is good uh, if it doesn't have that all cool? Yes. Because that looks good. I, it looks cool, right? Yeah. It looks to be honest, To be honest, right now, if you look at the results, Jeff Hammond with the Serpent running eight scale arms, um, very eight scale layout you know they have a little bit different chassis a little bit different center diff mount slight adjustments here and there but overall it's their eight scale buggy that's been modified the hongnor that's like pretty much their eight scale car you know and those two guys are second and i think jeff hammond was third so yes the genius car is right now a tq but the hongnor and the serpent are right behind them it's not that you have to have the Genius car or the, home, or the Capricorn car to win, but I think it would be the marketing aspect will be the difficult one. But I believe that the geometry and um, setup in general of these cars is going to be the biggest thing that's going to be worked on, you know, because there's, there isn't much of that yet in play. Uh, because it's such a young class. A lot of these guys like Jorn, I don't think he practices this class a lot. So he probably hasn't ironed out the perfect setup for his car. But if if people get interested in the class, companies get more involved, that setup will be ironed out. And I believe that if a brand wants to stick to this 
eight scale um, off-road type thing. I, I have no doubts that the well the bug, eight scale off-road buggy you know layout. I have no doubts that you can make it. You you can't make it work. So I think I believe um, there will be brands who will stick to it. Some brands will switch over. You know because of looking cool, it's always you know easier to like get some sales. But then again, it's a balance for a lot of these bigger companies like X-Ray. Do you really want to make arms for the GT car? Is it that big of a market that you want to like completely mm -hmm. redesign the car? So yeah. Also the diff cases. I don't know if it's really necessary to go to aluminum bulkheads. Why so, can't you use the eight scale? You know, so you and your RC nerdiness at full aspect. What car? If you're getting into GT, what car are you buying right now? If I'd go into GT, um, probably Serpent. Like if I can't pick my Aqua and make my own, <laughs> probably out of those cars, you pick a Serpent. Probably, I think that would be the safest starting point because that's kind of you kind of know what you're working with. Yeah. I think if if I wanted one just to drive and have fun with, I'd probably buy the Capricorn or the. <laughs> Genius, obviously, because they look really cool. I think Genius, I like that quite a lot. Uh, because I'm, I'm the, buying a Genius. Yeah, I think I like. I really like the Chrono esque. You know, that's the Raptor they have, right? Yeah, but I mean, Genius has it too. It's like all Italian companies kind of have that Chrono. Uh, mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting. It's gonna be. We're gonna have to follow the the progress of this class. I want to race it. It's the only class racing. I do have a Mugen. No, I want to. I want to get a better car now. We'll see what happens. All right, Max. Uh, enough geeking out on GT. We have some questions from last week. We have to get to that. Those questions have been brought to you by BeachRC. We want to thank BeachRC for all their support. Remember, everybody, we have an affiliate link in the written description of this podcast. You guys can use it. It helps us out a lot. Thank you to Brent and everybody at BeachRC. I will see everybody there next week for Masters of the Dirt. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. All righty. Thank you to BeachRC, Brent, and everybody there at BeachRC. Happy birthday to Derek. He works there as well. Lucas, everybody, I will see you guys in a few days. I am looking forward to Masters of Dirt. Don't forget, we have an affiliate link. It's in the written description of this podcast. It helps us out if you use that. All right, Max. So we have some questions, sorry, from last week. We have a lot about the Everyone Hawk that we addressed in this podcast and last week's podcast, so we aren't going to ask them because it's, we're beating a dead horse. But we'll start off first with some of our Discord questions. If you haven't joined the NNRC Discord, there's a link in the written description. Lots of discussions going on in there. Uh, Charlie Mack, the king of Bruggy, is the Euro racing finally adapting more Truggy what can we do to prevent the broggy broggy pen, pandemic? So he is not a fan of the new okay. broggy stuff. But I have I have one thing. The Euros is and will not uh, <laughs> ever adapt the Truggy. Okay. 
<laughs> I like. I think like we should have a like um, EU customs should check if it's an RC car and it says Truggy somewhere, they cannot be shipped to the Europe. You know, like <laughs> Truggy is going to be so upset. Basically, you know, like uh, what is it called? Truggy tax. You know, you take the Truggy, <laughs> you sell it back to the Americans. And uh, then you can buy more buggies with that money, okay? Or they get the truggies back if they, you know, send buggies. I will say this, though, Max. I will say this. I know that it's only in a few countries in Europe that truggies used, like England, uh, Spain, Portugal. I do see e-truggy gaining popularity. When I saw Stratel racing it, I was like, all right, so France is adapting the e-truggy. I I think e-truggy... I think e-Truggy will take place because they ain't got to worry about a nitro engine and all that stuff. So I do think Truggy will gain popularity in the USA, but it's not going to be nitro Truggy. Sorry, in Europe. Yeah, yeah. I think e-Truggy will gain popularity. I mean, we have a lot of e-Truggies in Finland because they're armored Radens, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's basically an e-Truggy. So yeah, through the RKR market, there will be e-Truggies. Nitro Truggies, yeah, some countries will have a few people running them, but I don't think we'll ever have a truggy. And they will be bruggies. They will run buggy bodies. All right. Yeah, that's that I I can I can say to the bruggy point. Anyone who's like, oh no, I hate the bruggy body, you can't take it back anymore. There's no you 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 waited too long. You know, Roar waited too long. Every single manufacturer has a truggy now that comes out of the box with a bruggy body. You know? X-ray has it. Um Associated TLR might not actually have it yet, but probably their next release will have. You know, or pretty much every single druggy right now comes either comes with um, a bruggy body as stock, or all of their drivers run it. Okay, so you're basically if you were roar and said, "Hey, no more bruggy bodies," that will mean that. Most of these companies will have to completely design a new truggy body or bring back their old one, maybe remake body posts, shock tower, stuff like that. So the companies will say, fuck that, you know, they will be mad about it. So obviously Roar doesn't want to do that. And BRCA, something like this, if the manufacturers all don't offer it, they really can't upheld their rules like that people have to on their own time, make, you know, kind of bodies or parts their cars. So basically it's, it's, it's over now. You can't really do anything about it. It's better in performance, um, the buggy body. So companies don't want to have a a handicap, um, roar and these sort of uh, federations, they would have to strongly collaborate with each other and make the sort of force the manufacturers to collaborate with them like something like lead finger i bet they're making a lot of money out of bruggy bodies right now uh probably even j concept at the moment so how do you like they have so much of these stock and then suddenly you make them illegal and yet yet, better yet dnc pmb they don't fucking have rules you know (laughs) they just don't so like are you gonna really enforce this one very slim silly rule that you can only run these type of uh, bodies no so you would have one race a year the roar nationals uh, in europe you would have the brca truggy nationals 
that people would run the non-braggy bodies and everywhere else they would run the braggy bodies. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Never. I almost had the watermelon seed you. Yeah. Um, you went a little bit deep. All right. Next question is from Ricardo Patrice Costa in our Discord. Have Discord servers been a success for RC brands? I will say yes. If I had Discord when I was the JQ manager, it would have been so much easier. But with that also, uh, yeah, I think so. Because it's it's private, it's more private than Facebook. And yeah, I think it's Do been brands a have Discord? I know my oh, yeah, I think has, like uh, then... WRC has one. I think a few brands. I think a lot of people are using it now, not just Mayaku. You know who started it? The Discord thing? Scott Walker. It, <laughs> well, he kind of, but it was actually... Fuck, I'm blanking on his name now. Rowan. Rowan, yes. Mm-hmm. Rowan started. He, he told you to do it. He was like, no. He didn't tell Scott to do it. The Scott was like, maybe. And then everyone did it. And yeah. Rowan yeah. kind of... Like, that's something like Rowan can be quite proud of. He kind of made the whole RC community start using Discord. He did. <laughs> Rowan the Barbarian. Rowan the Barbarian. What's up? I haven't spoke to Rowan for a minute. I need to message him. Yeah. All right. He's studying, uh, studying some IT stuff. No, he's starting to be an airplane pilot. Uh, not a pilot, a airplane mechanic. Really? Some sort. Yeah. No. Yeah. He was studying some IT stuff. No, no, he's doing a, I have to talk to him. I'm messaging him. Uh, but I do think they have been a benefit, and it makes things a lot easier. But at the same time, it also makes everybody a chief and not, not enough Indians, too. So very similar to Facebook, but more private. And you can have good discussions in there. And it's very help. It's very helpful for like live meetings and stuff like that, in my opinion. All right. Next question is uh, from Chad Bucklin, and we're gonna we did touch on this, but I want to answer. I want to talk about it. Are the matrix performance complaints overblown due to DR underachieving with them, or is Ongaru a superhero? He's talking in connection with Buggy Land this past weekend. We did talk about the tires this past weekend. I would also like to add that Davide has had a lot more time to practice on these tires, and he's also had more time driving on the not-so-good tires at a race all the time. Yeah, Yeah, the thing is, like, people might not really realize that when Omaro was driving double-downs everywhere and dominating races, there wasn't many others, even AK drivers who drove double-downs, you know? The Mm -hmm. way he drives... He doesn't require that much from the tire. He re- requires drive and you know consistency from the tire. The way he drives, okay? Yes, he. It's not like he can drive a shitty tire and make it good. Matrix are good at some conditions, but I think the way David drives, which is having a lot of having the car quite soft, finding the edge of the grip, using the edge of the grip to his advantage. You know, having these sort of on-road type lines, well, maybe a little bit more V-shaped, but in general, driving the car uh, and like doing what the car, you know, wants him to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's where you use a lot of the tire. So your setup window in general is a little bit more narrow and the tire obviously is part of that window. So I think that hurts him more than it would hurt Ongaro, who in general drives a car that's rear end is non-existent. Like it, it's basically he would he could drive a car that just doesn't have a rear end on the exits. Like it's it's just floating all the time. The front end on entry is dull as hell. So 
he effectively drives the car in a way where he comes into the corner. He doesn't have to worry about oversteering into the corner because the front end is so dull. But then mid-corner, he catches the car just at the right moment and exits the corner. And all he needs is the car to go forward. And because of low towing, um, the high kick up in the front, so no lift. Um, oh, sorry, low kick up in the front, so no lift. Really stiff front end, so on, so on. He has that, like, when he when it goes straight, it really goes straight, you know? So that type of driving style doesn't suffer so much from the tires. So short answer, yes, Omar is a super, super human. But yeah, I think you could see like this is this was one like issue David had with Mayaka, and I think we can talk about it. It's that when he was on it, he was really on it. But when he wasn't quite on it, he, he was like he didn't TQ races, he didn't like have have the feeling all of the time. And that is down to like the way he drives and the way, especially the Monaco car is set up. And that's why when he was on it, he was like really on it, like the Euros and the Worlds, like he caught up from 10 seconds or 15 seconds behind Angaro. It's, it's that when he's on it and he can use it to his advantage, it's super good. But when he's not in that window, like the driving style, the, the way the car was for him, it's not, uh, he can't really use it. So when the tires are not allowing him to reach that window, yeah, he'll struggle. Okay. All right. Next up is from Ricardo Costa as well. And he wants to know how is the WIRC perception after Barufula's performance at Buggyland? I think there's no change. Uh, whatever. Yeah. I think I think Barufula is work probably to do. the yeah, but I think Barufalo is the biggest thing WIRC could have because we know he can drive almost anything the way he drives. Like, he just keeps it pinned and tries to direct the car in a, some sort of direction that goes forward in the track. And he does it really fucking good, you know? <laughs> like, he's ridi ridiculously good at it. Like, I don't know what they feed to the kids in, in Italy, but I think Berton is the only one who has some sort of resemblance to, on, like, uh, Ronafog, but Maruffalo and Ongaro, those two are just freaking insane. Like, I don't yeah, know what I, they do, but they just do it well. It's so, going to take way more than one performance, one fourth place performance at Buggyland. And after yeah. the damage that was caused to the brand in America uh, two weeks ago, it's going to take a lot more than that. So, yeah, a, a lot of work to do, but that's a good start. All right, yeah. next up, Corey Jordan wants to know is Davide Ongaro the GOAT? We did touch on this last week. All I'm going to say, he's on the way. But still, lots of work to do. He's he's that. I knew that was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I was yeah, going to tell exactly you two hours. Card. How how the hell is it two hours away? You need to get the extension cord. Uh David Angar is definitely a goat. Is he the greatest full time? No, not yet. I, he he. I, we talked about this last week. Um, still has to win in America or an eight scale, in my opinion. But he's definitely right now probably the greatest at uh at eight scale. I would say. Um, yeah. When everything's like, you know, especially in a 60 minute man, he is going to be awesome. Uh, but he's definitely on the way to being the greatest of all time. He also wants asked, Does Davide win? Does a Davide win at Buggy and make sure tires make David Ronafalk look bad for not racing the year out? So I don't think it was an option for Ronafalk to race the year out. He, him and Mayako split prior to this race, so he had no ride to race at, uh, 
at Buggy Leona. That's how it goes. If you split from your boss, you're not going to go there and represent them and not get paid for it. So, no, it doesn't make him look bad because he doesn't, he didn't have a car to race. To race. Yeah, I think, so, I think it's sort of when David had made the decision that he would split from Mayako, I think for him, if I was him, what I would do is just focus on practicing for a while, getting the rhythm, uh, understand the car, get a good grasp of where you're at, then go to a race and do well or do bad. Who, who, who knows what it'll be. But like the way Barufalo did it is like, that's kind of his style. Mm-hmm. He switched cars and next week he's at Bogeyland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's no problem. It's different. It's different. All right. And from hashtag 53Dom, who I believe is, it's not me close. But it's somebody over in the UK. He wants to know why do eight scale buggies sometimes run a front wing, but they not ne- they are never used on a four wheel drive ten scale. They are used, but only in America. In Europe, four wheel drive buggies generally, uh, because we run on high grip, obviously like carpet and astro. The front end is like really, really aggressive. It's like the up and down movement is crazy. You need to have some sort of softness so you can't ride low kick up. Um, so basically having the front scoop there that will make it just it's it, it it introduces some form of aggressiveness into the car mm-hmm. so they don't run it in europe but in america they do run it because it's low grip the side bite of the slick tires is more calm so you can use the front end aggressively to your advantage but in europe the front end it really it can't ever be like too what is it too calm in on carpet or astro astro especially because it's bumpy too so the front end really sticks into the ground okay all right so thank you for the questions in our nnrc discord next next up is some instagram questions we only have one hyperfox 2.1 he has he's been he's been missing for a while he's like one of our i don't know who he is but he definitely has he has he doesn't like you too much he goes is max still relevant is Taylor still known as a nuisance on the track? Is Rifkin still a hack? Why does 10 scale matter? Max, are you still relevant? <laughs> I don't know. Like, my relevance is kind of a... It's, it's kind of a, a thing of uh, people to decide themselves, you know? Like, yeah, I don't really know. It, it depends on what, what thing. If, if, you, if you think my view, views on the world as the professor of everything... Yeah, obviously I'm always relevant. But if you think my views on, you know, how to like me being a top racer, yeah, probably not relevant as a racer. Um, yeah, professor of everything. I'm the most relevant person in the world. Um, RC racer, not really that relevant. Uh, okay. RC geek nerd, whatever. I'd say I'm relevant. Uh, re- what the fuck is the word? Relevant. Uh, re- relevant um but that's something like it i can't really say i can't really comment on my rc expertise you know it's some <laughs> other others for to decide but okay professor everything i can say i'm yeah obviously i'm always relevant um tater sontag from what i've heard he's calmed down a lot grown up you know he's he seems like a decent kid well a young adult almost ribkin yes still a hack um what was the last one 10 scale relevant yeah 10 mm-hmm. scale is relevant i think two drive buggies are the biggest um market maybe not by money but by driver amount 
in the world, two-wheel drive buggy. I think it's the biggest. Okay, sorry. Uh, all right, next questions come from one second here, Maximus. Uh, Facebook. And the first question is, and I want you to be pretty fast on this. Oh, Gary no. Hobson, he wants to know what is the correct order to set up a car you're, you've just got, i.e., set up ride height first, then camber, droop, tow, etc., or does it matter? Okay, so here's the thing that like um, people need to answer, uh, uh, not answer, understand. When you set your front camber, your toe in or out changes. When you set your toe in and out, your camber changes. So you have to iterate it, you know, you set the toe in, toe out, then you change the camber, you set the toe in, toe out, then you change the camber, and then you eventually get close enough where they match. Obviously, like, if you know what you're doing, you can, like, when you lengthen the steering links, you lengthen the upper link, you know, because, like, that's how it works. Um, which order to do it? Uh, depends how you do it. Uh, if you, if you use, um, the camber tools or setup station, you don't necessarily need to have the right height precisely perfect. As long as it's within two, two millimeters of what you want, it's going to be close enough for you, in my opinion. So I'd start out with, you know, eyeballing you know droop and camber to like it looks fine then you check your ride height then you check your camber and then you check your droop droop doesn't affect your camber but it might affect slightly your ride height your ride height does affect um your camber but it doesn't affect your droop um but camber doesn't really affect droop nor ride height except on the Mayako, where you have the front end uh, uh, um, adjustment is based on the C-Hub, so it slightly affects it. Uh, but yeah, okay. I do it right height, eyeball everything, then right height, then um, camber, then droop, and then right height again. All righty. David Martin asked Max to critique the S-Rocks versus Mugen Nitro buggies. I'm making a, sw a switch next year, and I'd love to hear his thoughts. You have a few. You, you don't have much time. Okay. Um, Mugen, probably the most comfortable car to drive around a track and be fast calmly. So you can just drive around the track, do your lines, um, and be fast. I'm talking pillowball cars here. Uh, X-Ray, Associated, S-Works, all of these are more aggressive. The rear end is not as supported. The front end sticks to the ground more. From C-Hub cars, obviously I'm gonna say Mayako is the easiest to drive. I think I think that is a true statement. Kyosho probably easiest to push really hard. Um, HP, I don't know. The current car, I would say, is probably a bit too aggressive. Uh, the previous car had quite a bit of steering, but a little bit difficult to drive on higher grip. So, Mugen of pillowable cars, I'd say probably the most overall balanced, calm car. 
Um, but maybe you won't get your best lap with the Mugen. Uh, S-Works, on the other hand, good steering, good grip out of corners. Mid-corner, rear end is a little bit slippery. Uh, over bumps, the S-Works, it, it's a... It's the suspension geometry, the way the rear end is done, and somewhat also the front end. Like, it's not good over bumps, I'd say. Uh, it has this way of like, it never really truly calm. Um, so that's where like Mugen beats S works, but on a flat track like the Euros this year, where you need to have good rotation, good acceleration out of the corners, um, and still good entry corner steering. S-Works, yeah, it works really, really well. When we go into a track with a little bit more unbalanced conditions, you know, maybe bumps, maybe the grip level is not as consistent, the comfort you have from the Mugen, the way you can push it, it's gonna help you with that. Over those two, I would definitely go with the Mugen because I bet most people will do better with the Mugen than they would do with an S-Works. But for Canas, I would go with an S-Works because I think the added mid-corner rotation and the fact that it has a little bit more drive out of corners will make him as far as he has been all year. So yeah, if you if that, those are your two options, I'd go with Mugen. For most people, I think Mugen is a very solid option. Uh, if you want a pillable car with the negative off, oh wait, positive offset rear hub, that type of car, Mugen is, in my opinion, the best option. Okay, sweet. Not the fastest, but overall. Okay. So, Sander Van Hout, I can't seem to get my X-ray XB8 Nitro to match my XBE. The feeling that the electric, the feeling that the electric is much better. I ra I'd race on AstroTurf on. Schumacher mini pins. I think it's just two different cars, dude. Um, well, the main issue with this, it, it really depends what you're like, what's the problem? Mm -hmm. If it is the fact that the nitro is more aggressive, then it's mostly that your e-buggy probably weighs more. Mm -hmm. You know, your e-buggy is probably 100 grams, 150 grams heavier, depending on what kind of equipment you have on it. In, for example, if you have tech-in equipment, it's going to be closer to your buggy. But if you have um, uh, hobby wing equipment, it's going to be like at least 100 grams more heavy than your buggy at the very least. Um, so that could be one thing that would affect the calmness of the car. Also, you're running on high grip, so the much lower center of gravity of the e-buggy, more 50-50 balance of the car. Those two things also make it um, sort of uh, more calm to drive, more in you feel more in control of the car. Uh, this is because when you have a little bit more rear bias, your car tends to oversteer a little bit when you hit a bump or an imbalance. And this in turn makes you like overcorrect the car. You feel nervous about steering into stuff. Um, and this is that's why you might feel like less in control with your nitro car e-buggy uh also lower center of gravity so you know grip rolling all that kind of stuff not as um prominent um the main thing i usually feel with nitro and electric is because i drive on low grip uh the nitro cars float a bit more 
this is because you're always running some form of idle in the car when you lift up the throttle it doesn't go to you know braking like you, yes you can add coast you can add you know all kinds of like initial what you call it like no drag brake you can add coast values so on and so on but the electric car will always have some resistance in the drivetrain you know the engine will always control somewhat how the tires roll whereas on the night show when you lift the throttle it will keep like the clutch doesn't um let go immediately it stays it sticks onto the clutch bar for a tiny fraction of a second and every time you lift the throttle instead of the car settling down it still keeps moving like you're still on throttle if you brake it's too much of a movement to do that the car will unsettle so in nature you never get the feeling that the car is fully settled on very low grip whereas e-buggy you can go full speed lift the throttle and the car naturally a little bit sticks to the ground because of the slight resistance in the engine so i think that's one thing you could be feeling as well the settling of that but there are multiple factors here and really if you don't like i don't know your specific issues it could be any one of these okay but the most obvious ones are weight and the weight uh or what center of gravity sweet brad hiking in the top class in the world is two-wheel drive buggy absolutely not no it's probably um, second yeah, you I can just exactly. see you can just see like how much time drivers spend on each class. Like Bruno Coelho races a lot more eight scale off road than he does ten scale. Touring Ooh. cars obviously his main. I mean, I bet Bruno practices eight scale a lot more than ten scale. I think he just gets into the mood beforehand. But I mean, look at let's just look at world championships. There's only been two back to back. There's only been two. Two-time world champions yeah. in all I of mean, eight-scale world championships. How yeah. many multiple guys have won two-wheel drive buggy? Multiple guys. Yeah, Multiple guys have I, won it. I think, yeah, that is definitely one thing that, you know, there's more competition in eight-scale. But the 10-scale is, it's just not as a professional, like... It's not the top class in the world. I'm sorry to say... I know a lot of pink pinion guys want to think it is, but it's not. It's it's second, yeah. in my opinion. I, I, I think, like, tool drive off-road probably has the most amount of talent. If you look at the field that was at the tool drive worlds, there's probably the most amount of driver talent there, more than in the eight-skill worlds. I would argue that would be correct, you know? But performance, no, I think that absolute peak performance of rc you can see at you know eight scale world championships okay because Next people up. work for that like for years people yes yes they call it there's so much work that goes into it yes uh jacob burrett since runafuck is gone from mayako and tiba is retiring when will mayako return to their former glory in the top 25 yeah you're not gonna be able to brag about that next year max yeah, that's actually bad. Like, because that was such a fucking great joke. Every oh, you used to every time, people so bad. It was like crazy. Like people went mad. People started fighting each other. People was yelling at each other in Italian. <laughs> that was it. Was so crazy. Like, and the thing is, like, I've always been like, yeah, the list is cool and all, but like, don't take it too seriously. Before I mean, like, in the past, I was like, this list is bullshit. You know. I was one of the big proponents of the top 25, oh, what, op opponents of 
top 25. Now I, I, I know, I understand better um, what, what its purpose should be in the RC world and how people should react to it. But a lot of people still, you know, they are kind of on that what I was in mode where like when, when you, it doesn't, the list doesn't agree with you, then it's wrong. But I think, yeah, I won't go into that. I've explained this plenty of times before, but okay. I'm a little yeah. bit sad that I can't be able to do that. I wish there was some other thing like Ongaro's on top and then Fen goes in a dominant spree over the winter or something. And then I can be like, yeah, Europeans on top again, you know, something like this. Maybe that could be a good joke for the next next Absolutely. six months. Absolutely. Ken Brisbane, how much of a difference does a high-end radio do over, let's say, three a Fataba 3PV entry level? Does a high-end radio make you feel more connected to your Nitro and e-buggy also? I think so. Just better. It's yeah, better. it's like, should you buy a, what is it, M44 is the Sanwa, like, hobby model mm -hmm. or M17? You're going to be fine with both, trust mm -hmm. me. <laughs> you know, you don't need... M17 to do good. But the M44 is pretty good though. Yeah, that's that's a really good radio. Like there is a step like the first entry level ones. I think there you can definitely feel it. You can definitely feel it's not connected. Mm -hmm. But I'd say rather buy good servo than buy a good radio. Like if you have a good radio and a shitty servo, it's going to feel like shit, you know? So but if you have a good servo I think something like the M44, that's going to be like that level of a radio is you can, I mean, take the Sontag one with the M12S, the world, you know, <laughs> the M44, I think even has better technology than that. Yeah, but that's always been the radio of choice by a lot of pro guys as well. So No, but it's, it wasn't M17, it was M12. So it's the old model released, but I think it's like almost 10 years ago now. Yeah, but a lot of guys still love that radio. But I definitely yeah. think it makes a difference, especially um, you'll notice it as you get high. Like when you're starting out, you're fine. Mm -hmm. But I think, and, and also people have to understand that radios wear out. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I always, when I change the new radio, it's, it's, it's weird, but I go faster. It's like it doesn't feel the same, but I go faster. I don't mm -hmm. know why. But every time I switch to new radio, that's happened to me. Okay. Next up, Paco Romero Romero wants to know, why can't you use a Centex-type clutch in off-road? Um, I, To be honest, I don't know. But I would imagine uh, there would be some issues with uh, jumps and so on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you, like, because there's lots of hit to the nose. And it, it works. It goes like forwards, if I understand correctly. The clutch. I, is that what he's talking about? Like the tenskill type clutch where it's yeah, yeah, like yeah. a conical shape. Yeah. Or not tenskill, like on-road type, type clutch. I think I would imagine it would have something to do with hitting jump faces, hard landings, and the clutch engaging forwards and then stalling the car. But I mean, I, I honestly, I don't know. The all that flex too. All that flex when you jump and all that. So I think it would have yeah. All yeah. right, Chris Jones, is Barry Baker back with the Phenom? No. And what about T. Jones' Nitro performance at the Peach State Classic? Uh, it was a good race for Jones. Let's see if he can carry on that momentum going into AMS if he's going. That's what I'll say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think mm. we talked about it in the last Yeah, one. we did. 
John Wolf, is there any regulations to that which prohibit the use of twin cylinder engines? Even if performance wasn't great, the sound of a twin cylinder engine revving up to 40,000 RPM would be epic. Well, I guess if that twin cylinder is equal to 3.5 cc, then I guess there's no no problem, except that it would be more weight, more things to go wrong, I would see. And not yeah, as I think I think the size goes so small for the piston that it would not actually work. And it dang, I I saw this question. I, I thought to check the F rule book, but I totally forgot that. But I think if I'm I'm gonna say that there is a rule for it to be single cylinder. Mm-hmm. At least it's like they have written in the rules somewhere the cylinder, which means that there would be only one. Mm-hmm. So like I think I'm pretty sure there is some rule that would prevent twin cylinders. Awesome. Awesome. I'm just looking for one of the questions that we had her on YouTube. And I think that is it for that. Next up, our YouTube questions. So I'll ask Chris. CO930, eight scale onwards is happening in Japan at the end of October. Which current eight scale off-road racer could make the A final if given a competitive car? Should there be more crossover? So this is the eight scale GT, which is different from the GP, GP, which is different from the GT. This is like the F1 class. Um, Well, Bruno (laughs) Coelho. I mean, obviously him, but... Uh, someone who is who is specifically an eight scale off road driver. Runafog. Yeah, I'd say David. David probably because he's just like good in every class. He's done um, this class before too. Pecco maybe. Pecco's good at it. Pecco probably with a little bit of practice. Yeah, probably not the main though at the world, but I mean he would do pretty good. Um. Yeah, probably no Americans, to be honest. They, they, mm, they like... Maybe Cavallari. He's done some yeah, crossover. He's done some 10-scale on-road, but uh, I think he's gotten pretty beaten by the Europeans every time they've been over. So, yeah, I mean... I gotta say, making the main at the GP Worlds... Probably Ronafog would be my first pick. I think like someone like Ongaro would make it if he really practiced. Um, yeah, probably Ongaro if he really practiced, David. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So should there be more crossover? I would say yes, there should be. But I also will say that Time is what is the big yeah. thing, right? I mean, you so. like what Coelho is doing right now touring cars, 10 scale off road, 8 scale off road. I mean, he he couldn't do anymore. Like, that's I, it's in it's to me, it's incredible that he's capable of doing all of those and doing at the level which he is doing it, you know? Like, yeah, going to the races alone doesn't take that much time, but preparing for them and being able to compete in that level you know if he did it without preparation which i mean probably sometimes he has to do like it's just yeah there aren't many who can do that so i think the way they do in america where it's 10 scale off-road a scale off-road that's kind of 
how much crossover you can competitively do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially if you run e-buggy, truggy, you know, e-truggy. Like, uh, yeah. Like so I need time off have... too, you know. They got families. Yeah. They need time off. Yeah. All right. Next question. I race at a tracker in Kentucky quite often, and the dirt is like a dirt sand mix, and the whole track blows out really bad. I was wondering what would be some changes I could make to set up my help my buggy be more forgiving in this ruts. I run a EB482.1. I bes- so I think that's the nitro buggy. E buggy, sorry. Uh, e, 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 yeah, techno e buggy. Yeah. Um, well, bigger holes in the pistons and less of them. So that's one way to do it. Smaller piston diameter, so like HB pistons, so for example, 15.8. Well, eight two five something like that. Um, so HP pistons probably. Um, I can't remember. It's two point one. Did he said? Mm-hmm. Is that the old model? Mm-hmm. They used to run these like two hole pistons back in the day, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, big holes and like something like five holes, one point seven something like that and then like thicker oils to make it calm um raising the hub like raising the axle up on the rear end probably in the front end for this would help you like not catch the rut sideways and then you would like adjust the link angle accordingly so the link angle stays the same but the hub comes up this way you can control the amount of like sideways hitting the bumps, like how much you get from that. Um, softer center differential. So you can keep the front and the rear the same, just go softer in the center. You could even go up in the rear because by going softer in the center, you will uh, put more drive into the front on power. So going to a sticker dip in the rear will, you know, that will balance it out. You will still have drive in the rear. Um, but the center diff gives you more forgiveness on the braking, uh, on like when you're off power, even on power, it gives you more forgiveness. I think those are the standard things to do. So maybe softer springs, uh, could be good to softer roll bars, longer wheelbase. Those could be good, but I think the three key things are higher axle height uh, from the geometry standpoint, then from suspension, you want uh, a slower suspension, so bigger holes, but less amount of them. Um, I think something like 5, 1.6 in the front, 5, 1.7 in the rear, HP pistons, that's something a lot of people run in, like when it's really bumpy. It's smaller diameter too, so more like blow by. Uh, then from the differential side, softer center dip. Maybe you can go thicker in the rear to like counteract that a little bit. But yeah, softer center dip definitely. And you can go like crazy soft too. Like previously, I've run in like really bumpy conditions. I've run something like 20 and 5 and 10. So like a really weird sounding combo. But yeah. Okay. Uh, I think those are the three key things, but longer wheelbase is always helping you and 
Um, when you do a longer wheelbase, you should go to a thinner roll bar. But these things will always kind of lose you a little bit feel of the car. But they will make the car more calm over the bumps. Okay. Uh, one of the questions is between Mugen, AE, SRX, Nitro Buggies, main pit. He asked about the pillow ball cars in which you would which you would pick. You already answered that. Thank you, Mr. High Octane. We answered that already earlier on. And our last question is from uh, George Takaris. I, I know I butchered your name, George, but I was actually on their podcast last night, the Northeast RC Racers podcast. So it was thank you for having me on. It's also the guy who sent me this mug and my other uh, RC offered. RC, I always get this name mixed up. Let me, let me check it out. OfferedRCRacer.com. That is his website. Go check him out. Uh, he asks, is KPI adjustable on pillowball cars like C-Hub changes to change keep or is it <clears throat> like C-Hub changes to change KPR are done via the hub? I uh, know. Uh, the kingpin inclination is the angle, you know, of the axle relative to the uh, attachment points of the lower arm and upper arm for pillowball cars and for c-hub cars it's the angle of the kingpin so it's in pillowball cars if you have the standard mugen s-works a style uh front hub which is just one piece that's like that's your kingpin inclination um if you have something like um the old x-ray from like 2013 yeah yeah then you could adjust the kingpin and they had that adjustments but instead a standard no as current pillow pillow cars you cannot adjust the kingpin inclination kpi but what you can do is by moving the upper or lower arms forward or backwards you can adjust caster on c hub cars you have to always have a different uh if you want to adjust KPI, you have need to have a different knuckle, sometimes a different C-hub if the angle goes too much. If you have like one or two degree changes, you might not need to change the C-hub. You can just change the knuckle. But if you have, for example, the Mayako, the KPI one front end is essentially the same as any pillowball car out in the market. And I think people kind of get this wrong when they're like, oh, I want a pillowball car. Mayako is a C-hub car. Well, I mean, you're getting the same thing, but you have more adjustability. You get the exact same geometry, and it works the exact same way with Mayako than you would get a pivot wheel car. Only difference is that you have the option to raise the hub or the knuckle. You have the option to shorten the link. You have the option to you know have adjustments to the kingpin inclination. So, yeah. I think overall the design of the Mayako is just much more smart. Uh, the only downside to it, it's a little bit heavy compared to something like the old Chrono, but it's less heavy than, for example, a Mugen or an Associated or something. There's actually quite a drastic difference. I think it was around 10 grams um, per side. The associated front end was heavier than the um, Mayako or J2, okay. can't remember which one I compared it to. But so it could be lighter if you went to something like a Chrono, but the current, the way the pillow cars do it, it's actually 
the Seahawks card is even lighter. Um, so yeah, I think like people always ask me which pivot ball card should I buy, and I don't want to buy my card because it's Seahawk. Well, just buy KPI one, don't change it, and you have a pivot ball card. When you put the link to the longest position, it's exactly at the position. It crosses the line with the kingpin, which means that it would be exactly the same as a pivot ball card. So yeah, okay. I think people kind of don't understand the mechanics behind that. Awesome, awesome. Thank you guys for all the questions. Thank you, Max, for answering them. We will have you on in about two weeks' time to answer some more questions when I get back from Masters of RC. Hey, Max, I think that's it. We kind of kept it under three hours here. Uh, I appreciate your time. It was fun geeking out to you on RC with you. Uh, everybody that, sent, like I said, sent in the questions, thank you. Don't forget, everybody, to go check out some of these coupon codes and, and whatnot and affiliate links we have in our in our written description, especially for BTRC, who's the sponsor of this uh, Bench Racing Q&A. Max, I think that's it. Yeah, man. That was good. Yeah, thank you. Um, I hope you guys enjoy episode 258 with Sushi Hara. Thank you to Ben Panic and Zach Ryan for all their help getting that done. Thank you to all the Florida RC racers for the warm welcome I had at the Florida RC Championships. I look forward to seeing all the 10 scale pink pinion warriors at <clears throat> Beach RC next weekend. Going to enjoy my time in Myrtle Beach. And yeah, man, um, enjoy the GT Worlds. This will probably come out. As this comes out, this might come out after done or whatever. Depends. Like, you know, they're in the future. They're in Australia. And next week, I might, I'm going to try and do a podcast, maybe a live from Beach RC. We'll see how things go. But yeah, thank you. Episode 259 in the books. I want to thank everybody for their continued support. We cannot do it without you guys. So shout out to the NNRC squad around the world. Thank you to the patrons and YouTube members of this podcast. You uh, help pay some bills around her and help make things better. <clears throat> If you guys wish to support the podcast a little bit financially, you can. We have links in the written description. Max is bringing up something here. What are you bringing up? Hold on. <laughs> it's him. I mean, like, come on. They didn't even try. <laughs> How did you do that? I just I just put, put up some um, brightness and exposure. Like, you can, like, Come on, it's his hair, his <laughs> eyes. Like, <laughs> I thought they would have blurred it because it looked like it was blurred, but I tried it on my phone and yeah. I Someone else sent me this picture too, by the way. So, good stuff. Uh, well, yeah, I wish. Send it to, send it to Mimo Buggy or something. I it looks know. like from a, it looks like some horror uh, movie, the face, you know, when it's the black. I don't know what it is, but I, it's almost like I've seen a horror movie like this. Well, we wish the Viking all the best at his new position at X-Ray. Uh, thank you to, let me get back, thank you to all the patrons and YouTube members of this podcast. If you wish to become a member or YouTube or patron, links for that are in the written description of this podcast. <clears throat> Remember, if you're an RC company, you like what we're doing, you think this is a great place to advertise your company going into 2024, please shoot me a message on Facebook, WhatsApp, email, Instagram, whatever. And uh, uh, let's get something worked out. But right now, we'd like to thank all of these companies for their support in 2023. They are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Sun Pedal USA, Sidewinder Fuel, Hot Race Tires, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Stacked RC, Donathan RC, Racecraft USA, 
the Florida RC Championships, WRCE Danny Paz. We do media right. Shout out to my boy Gene Strout Jr. with his business, SJ Racing Building, doing custom builds and whatnot. And to RC and to RC Body Armor for all their support. Shout out to House of RC, RCDP, and of course our drivers, David Ronafalk, Jared Tebow, Barrett, uh, Robert Battier, and the Dr. Alexander Hagberg, and D Main Matty G. Max, thank you for your time. Thank you for everything. Remember, everybody, links for all those companies are in the written description of this podcast with coupon codes, affiliate links, everything, all of that good stuff. Check it out. Max, I will see you in about a week, about, uh, about two weeks, roughly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll geek out about um, GT sure we have World. A lot to geek out. We're sure we have a lot to geek out on as well as some yeah. season. With that said, Nitro is the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills. If you ain't grinding and sliding, everybody have a great weekend of RC. Be a great RC ambassador. Left and Maxi are all we need. To, we're gonna, well, you know what? We're gonna have to raise someone to first get you a mouse, quiet a mouse, and a and a and something that your your computer. Like we need to get you, uh, like where your camera plugs in and we don't just see this. Yeah, actually, this, the issue why I didn't have it because when I bought the camera, it was so new, the battery design that they didn't have that yet. But now my dad found one, found one, so I need to just fucking order it. Henry, I need let's to also get, get the new camera charger thingy, please. Henry. Yeah, he he by the way listens to each one of these. Like he's I know he does. Like, yeah. I know he does. So, it's good. I pre- I appreciate the support from everybody around the world, man. It, it means a lot. And uh to be honest, Max, we got a lot of love at the Florida races. People coming up, they love what we do. And um that encourages me to keep on doing what we're doing and push the issues. And um, yeah. I love it. I'm going to be traveling again, and next year it looks like it's going to be busy, busy, busy. So with that said, we are out. Nitro's glory. Ibaki Base Bills. Lefty and Max, we are out.